My fault, man. It's my fault. What can I say? Yeah, this is Thomas, uh, Free Me Podcast with Temujin Kinsu. Yep, thank you. Seven days a week by telephone, text message, email, mobile. Hello. Hello. Hey, Thomas. What is going on, big dog? <laughs> too much prison, my friend. Way too much prison. How you doing? Man, I'm doing. I'm surviving, man. I'm. I, what can I say? I'm blessed. Yeah, yes, you are indeed. You have your freedom. You have your life. You have a wise mind. Lovely child, a uh, beautiful woman, pretty much all you could ask for. Just try to keep it that way. <laughs> exactly. So what's a good word? Uh, you know, I, I really don't even have too much to say, man. You know, it's we're just in perilous times, man, and I'm really just trying to get people to understand. It's like people are asleep. They don't want, oh, to, yeah. They yeah. Don't want to hear the truth. They're denying facts. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's it's yeah. it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, seriousness. You know, there's it's, there's no yeah. time to play. Well, you know, uh, the, the the reason that they're able to do this to us, and this has been said a thousand times, is because we don't want to be disturbed from our little reverie. You know, we want our we want our Super Bowl game in our easy chair with our home delivered pizza. And uh, we don't want to have to get up out of that chair and give up that Super Bowl and give up that pizza and give up our comfortable life. So people just tend to kind of go with the flow until it hits them. And it's like everything in life. Uh, Unfortunately, um, it gets there and it's too late for you to do anything about it. So, you know, I'm watching what's going on with China right now. And uh, they're just basically taking over the planet. And it's funny watching the political battle between the Democrats and Republicans because everything's become so politicized now, like, like COVID where everybody takes a side based on the party they belong to, you know, instead of just the basic wisdom or knowledge of the subject. So, for example, the, the left seems to be leaning towards China, whereas they really opposed China years ago for being a you know, very militaristic and oppressive state. And I was talking to a couple of my, uh, my just super liberal friends, and I said, listen, you guys realize that if China were to take over America, there'd be no – uh, transgenderism, there be no minority rights. China only recognizes itself, and China only recognizes the Chinese people. So even though it says it espouses a communist doctrine, which is supposed to you know, preach equality, in fact, China has never allowed anybody other than the Chinese to hold any positions of power or wealth or influence in China. And that's why they're slaughtering the Uyghurs. The Uyghurs are Muslims, and they're of a Mongolian bloodline. So they're a horrendously racist people as far as their national mindset goes, and they have they, they do not allow gay rights, they do not accept transgenderism, they do not accept minorities by any means. African Americans would be massively oppressed if China were to take over. And yet I'm, I'm seeing the left kind of like, well, you know, Trump hated China, so now we love China. And I'm old enough to remember when the Democrats were massively opposed to China and spoke out against China all the time. And it's just when I when I see these divisions, like you said, people put these blinders on based on political affiliations, mm. and it's it's gotten so crazy now that you know China's out there taking over nations and slaughtering people and running mass rape campaigns and forced sterilization of Uyghur women who they who they just they butcher like it's nothing, and um, we're just kind of like yeah, but you know they make our shoes for us cheap and they make our iPhones for us cheap, so that's okay, and. Then, you know, 
then the division spreads to the sports teams that want to obviously have uh, the connections in China, which are going to bring them a lot of money and power. So suddenly they won't speak out, and then uh, the media franchises are afraid to speak out, and we're suddenly all afraid to speak out. Now, the Chinese people themselves are beautiful people. They're amazing people. They're incredibly creative and intelligent people. They have an unbelievable history. But what the government is doing is shocking in its brutality. And yet I, I have these friends who, like, they think they want to import that over here. And I try to tell them, you don't understand. You wouldn't have any rights in a system like that. There's no freedom in that system. You know, you, the Internet's controlled. There's no, there's no anything as far as uh, opposing the government on any stance. And they will just literally they'll just kill you. You know, and then they harvest organs from prisoners. They kill about 66,000 prisoners a year, which is the amount they admit. It could be far, far larger. And they sell their organs. And they have tours you can buy where you can go to China and get a kidney. As long as you sign a document saying you won't ask any questions about the kidney. And they will type match that kidney to you because they type match all prisoners. So you pay a $30,000 fee. They put you up in a beautiful hotel. You get wonderful surges. And they bring you a brand-new kidney, and they install it, and you leave. No questions asked. Do you know where they get that kidney from? It's not a volunteer. They execute prisoners and take their organs and sell them. Right. And so you know, when you talk about how people don't really understand what's going on, all that information is out there for anybody to see or to read or to learn about. You know, this is not some conspiracy theory on my part. You well, let, let me let, let me stop you yeah. right there because this—I yeah. mean, that this is a, a beautiful point because I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and, I, and I'm 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 like the first thing that comes to my mind to you is you have been incarcerated since the '80s. You have been in prison since the 80s, and you are spitting more truth and more facts than people that are out here. And it's, it's just and now if that's not if that's not a shocker, if that's not an eye opener for people, you know, how, how are you learning this? How are you learning this to And I try to watch all the news, no matter what I think of the viewpoint, because you see the agendas hidden in the news, obviously. Um, I, I watch the BBC, which is generally very neutral. And then I watch you know, CNN, which has a very powerful left slant, and Fox has a very powerful conservative slant. And those two, they hate each other and castigate each other constantly. But in between, you see what's going on. And that's why I was talking about this division. You know, just, just 10 years ago in this country, we were not politically divided like this. And for the youth now, they can't remember a time when they didn't just hate each other. And I, I sit back and, I mean, I remember being at the University of Michigan, and you could have debates about anything on any political topic, and even controversial subjects like gay marriage or abortion, and nobody hated you afterwards. There was no name-calling. There was none of this venom that you have now. Now the hatred is so great that, you know, there's, of course, cancel culture and shutdown culture and this mindset that we can't even discuss these topics. And so the problem is one side is not trying to win the other side over anymore in the debate. There's no debate. It's just pure hatred. I've taken this stance. You have that stance. I now hate you and want you dead. And, and when, when people do this, what they don't really realize is the people way up in power are sitting back laughing, watching the division and pushing their agendas basically unopposed. I just watched a phenomenal program on the History Channel about things like the Masons and the Bilderbergers. And I'm not, you know, not going to get into some conspiracy rant, but mm. the people that are in power are able to push their agendas through because we're so focused on the petty crap. Well, the same thing happens in prison. It's the same dichotomy in prison. When prison was very, very violent, when I came to prison, it was very violent. Um, staff didn't have time to worry about the petty things like 
if your cell was clean and or if you had the appropriate clothing on. Uh, as prison got less violent through the 90s, uh, they had time to focus on the more petty stuff. Now the kids that come in are completely messed up. Most of them are on psychotropic meds. They are completely not political. And um, they really only care about getting high and partying and the wheels that go on a car, what tennis shoes they're wearing, all this nonsense. So guess what the prison was able to do over the years? Take away our health care, take away our food, take away our exercise, take away our programming, take away almost all of our property. Because we couldn't focus on what they were doing to us. And that's exactly what the government does. Don't watch what this hand's doing, watch this hand over here. So you've got you know Don Lemon fighting with Tucker Carlson, and it's very entertaining to watch these two blast each other. And uh, whether they're making good points or not, but in the meantime, we're developing these biases that are so great, we don't want to hear anything except what our side is saying, no matter how ludicrous it might be. And both sides say some crazy things. And and then that hatred is there. When that hatred is there, you've got kids burning down you know cities and accomplishing nothing because nobody's listening to a kid burning down a city. And then the other side hates you and wants you locked up and put away forever, so they don't want to hear what you've got to say. They've already formed their opinions about you. In the meantime, those in power are just pushing agendas through. It's kind of like if you look at what's going on with Biden right now, there's all this talk. We're going to spend trillions on infrastructure. We're going to do all these things. I'm going to tell you something right now, Thomas. No, they're not. Hmm. None of those things are going to happen. We were going to do bullet trains in this country 50 years ago when Japan was putting them together, and, and they worked phenomenally in Japan. We were going to do amazing infrastructure, new highways. GM had an electric vehicle 40 years ago that worked wonderfully, and guess what happened? They canceled the program and destroyed all the cars. Mm -hmm. These things are not going to happen. They're not going to happen. This is just talk. I'm, I'm almost 60 years old. I've been listening to this talk my whole life, and these are just distractions to get money. Well, Biden... Biden built his career off off plagiarism. I mean, that's that's proven yeah, facts. It's it's proven facts. I mean, and it's it's yeah. these aren't opinions; these are facts. The, and and again, no, horrible human being. It, it, yeah. for real, for real, you know. And, and it, he and lies. Not he cheats. All facts. And that's and that's when when you go when you do the research, right? When you do the research, and and I just want to say because for for my audience, right? So that my audience is aware. 
Um, it's it's very hard for Temujin to hear in his environment. So it's it's very loud. It's very echoey. Um, so it may sound like we over talk each other every once in a while. So I just don't want you to. Yeah, yeah, I don't want you to misconstrue his his demeanor or his personality. But so once you do the background and you do the research you, and you understand who owns these media entities and which and which and where they decide their money goes, then you'll start to understand why everything on every channel kind of you know resembles the same message, you know. They're actors. They have to remember that these people are actors. That's right. That's exactly what they are. Thank you. They are actors reading scripts. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many even believe the stuff that they say. A lot of these are very intelligent people with degrees. These are not unread, illiterate individuals. They know a lot of what they're saying is a lie, and that comes from multiple, multiple sides, too. But And and I'm not picking on Biden and saying that Trump was the savior of the world, either, because he did, did and said horrible, horrible things. My point is we're letting horrible, horrible people rule us, hmm. and now we're arguing that Biden's the lesser of two evils, and the first thing the man did was he came in and started destroying the economy. You know, I watched the oil spokesman just the other day make an amazing point. People forget how important oil is to us. Now, I understand that there's an ecological concern, and I totally respect that, and I absolutely support defending the environment in every possible way, but people forget that everything is plastic. Prescription medications are, are made for petroleum. Everything is made for petroleum. The clothing you're wearing, unless you're wearing pure cotton, is coming from petroleum. And even the steel things made in this country, steel is made from carbon. Carbon is put into steel to make steel, and that's made from coal. So if you people out there think that we're going to get rid of coal now, and we're going to get rid of oil now without replacements, you're going to live in a world that doesn't have plastics, which is 90% of everything include the telephone that I'm speaking on right now and the wiring that's running it, mm-hmm. the fiber optic cable. All of these things are coming from, from plastics and from petroleum. Mm-hmm. And the steel that makes everything, including the electric cars. So the point the gentleman was making was this, he was looking at an electric car. He said, well, that electric car right there, it's got about 480 pounds of coal in it for the metal that's in that vehicle right there, just a small amount of steel in the vehicle, a lot of it's aluminum. He said, and there's thousands of gallons of petroleum in that vehicle because that car is 90% plastic. So again, you know, you think you're going to get rid of plastic, you think you're going to get rid of oil. Nobody's talking about a world without plastics, of course. What we're talking about is a world without oil, getting rid of oil. So when we do that to our country, when we take away oil, even if we want to get rid of oil-powered vehicles or petroleum-powered vehicles, we're forgetting that oil is in everything else, including all of our medicine. So you can't, it's not going to happen. Lumber is now going massively through the ceiling. Guess what they're making now? They're making plastic lumber. And it's durable and it lasts longer and it's tougher and it doesn't rot. It doesn't get insects. And it's a wonderful product. Mm. But it's made from petroleum. So, again, you know, we have to figure out what we're going to do. You don't walk in and say we're getting rid of oil and there's no alternative. We're getting rid of coal and there's no alternative because you have to have coal to make steel and you have to have oil to make plastic to make just about everything. And that's the that's what people need to understand. So when I tell you these things are not going to happen, they're not going to happen. Right. They're not going to shut down the oil industry. The so is going to come back in. This is all a game. Trillions of dollars will have been stolen and wasted. Hmm. And he's going to turn the oil tap right back on. 
and he's going to turn the coal tap back at whoever comes in, whether it's Trump or somebody else. And we'll still be paying, and we'll be paying taxes on those trillions for the next forty and, years. So and prisons will still be full. Yeah, right. We're not so fund the police because the government's not going to give up its power to control the people. Of course not. We're getting rid of law enforcement. No. Of, of course so, not. These are, these things are not going to happen. Absent a world war or a revolution. Well. It is, but but and and I don't even think I don't think we're at the point there yet. But and this is again, this is this is what. Well, I don't know about that because this is a snowball and it's not stopping. You know, and until right. So until until you know, and again, this is the premise of my show, and and a lot of what I do is trying to unite the Americans to bring them home and understand that we are the boss. We are the boss. You know, those people have to, as long as they still have to come to us for their votes, then we know that we're still in charge. But we just have to start acting like we're in charge. And that's coming together. Stop fighting with each other. Right. And and the reason why all of this is relevant, that we're sitting here talking about all of this, is because what 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 Temujin is trying to say and what I'm trying to say by these examples is that what we're doing now is not going to happen. Us sitting here keep asking for change is not going it's not going to happen. And these are examples of when these politicians tell you that they're going to do something and they don't do it. Right? right? Exactly. So we have to try to we have to try something else. And the only thing that we've never done is come together as one nation, one voice right. and 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 come together and start bringing change. 60, 70, 100 people, the citizens, like, in, unless you've ever done this, unless you've ever done what Paula Kinsu has done, or um, Charity Hansen is another shout out, these ladies have put together rallies and, and, and begged people to come to these buildings, right, on hot, sunny days to cheer for somebody that they may or may not have any any reason to go for and and if they're lucky they may get 30 people 40 people and and all that is is an inconvenience to these people for the day that's all it is and they'll and they'll say and they'll say tomorrow they'll be gone by two by two o'clock they're up there looking out the window by two o'clock it's going to be 100 degrees you'll you'll see them thin out it doesn't do anything and it's it's a waste of time and energy so so T, how how does how does all of that tie back into your situation? Well, the, the problem is uh, there's an amazing group of young kids that have woken up, which we've spoken about before, that are out there demanding change. Uh, the problem is that they lack, the, the, like you said, the unification. Uni- there's enormous strength in numbers. The problem hmm. is we haven't developed the numbers because we're all infighting. I mean, literally just today. They had the Democrat mayoral debates for the mayor of New York, and you had a group of people on the stage who were basically saying insane things, including, I'm going to get rid of all the police, I'm going to bring in social workers. But more importantly, they were all sniping and biting at each other. The one white guy on the stage was making these ridiculous comments like, you know, reparations, because the black man's going to like me if I say I'm giving him free money, which is one of the most insulting and degrading things ever. Even the black people on the stage weren't saying reparations. The white guy was saying reparations, and I want to give bonds to minority children so they have money growing up. He didn't mean any of that. He's just doing what they do. He's he's just trying to earn the black vote through a bunch of nonsense. But more importantly, 
almost everybody on the stage was insulting each other. They couldn't even agree on a platform. Now, these are all people who want to run for the mayor of New York, and they didn't have one common point they could all agree on. And there's exactly why we fail so very much. Because these people want this position, they all stood there and insulted each other. They yelled at each other. There was a one girl who was part Hispanic who screamed bloody murder. How dare you? You don't speak for the brown community, as a black man said, uh, on behalf of my black and brown constituents. And the point was they hate each other. So if you're all fighting for the same job, hmm. for the same party. You're supposed to represent the same values and the same people. And you're out there treating each other like trash and showing nothing but hostility towards one another. I wouldn't have voted for any of them because of the way that they acted. I mean, it was literally that bad. Well, that's what I say. That's what I say. That's what I say. That's what I say right there, T, is, is listen, you want to wake these people up? Don't vote. Don't vote for none of them. Right. Just don't even vote. One thing that happened with Trump, and this is going to piss off all my, all my liberal brothers and sisters, but the fact is one thing that Trump did was he shook up the system because nobody expected that. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think of him and his agenda and orange man bad, I understand. Whatever you think of him, he shook up the system. I love Tulsi Gabbard. I thought Tulsi Gabbard would have been a great... A, a great choice because if you want to click off boxes of woman and minority and military veteran, she was she's anti-war. Biden's literally already hinting we're going to be getting in more wars soon, and he's already talking about Syria and maybe we'll have a conflict with China, and maybe a conflict with Russia, which we are not ready for, by the way. Tulsi Gabbard said this is all a bunch of garbage. She spoke eloquently and intelligently. She's sharp. She's educated. She's a, a, I think, I believe she was a captain in the army and a, a very skilled, decorated veteran. She probably would have been a phenomenal choice for president because besides clicking off all the boxes that everybody seems to want on both sides, her viewpoints were very middle of the road. But the problem was people don't want middle of the road. They want extreme. They want the extreme right, the extreme left. And what we really need as a nation is middle of the road. What are these 50 points we all agree on? Why are we going to war with each other and hating each other and trying to destroy each other and then claiming we're going to build a new nation? So Biden, through his whole campaign, was going to be the uniter. And what's he been doing every single day since? He's been insulting people. Insulting people, man. America, uh, a white supremacist. You, you, Thomas, as you now know, are a white supremacist because according to Biden and a lot of people pushing this nonsense out there. Every white person is a white supremacist. So it doesn't matter who you love. It doesn't matter who your child is. You know, you're a white supremacist who's, who's gained from white privilege. It doesn't matter how much time you did in prison by a corrupt system or how much time I did prosecuted by white people, a white jury, white judges, white prosecutors. Well, how come, how come he's not saying he's a white supremacist? How come he's not, how come he's not leading with that? and they're all a bunch of racists. 
and they all need to be put in their place. Yeah. So guess what that's doing for them now? It's messing up their heads, and it's making them look at race for the first time in their life when they never had a racial word come out of they their They didn't even know what race was until it was taught to them, see? It meant nothing to them, no, because these kids are growing up with people of a massively diverse background in their schools. So they think nothing to see a Middle Eastern child or a child from India or a Native American. It doesn't mean it's just a, it's just a person to them. It's, it's all for division. It's all for division. Exactly. That's right. That's right. I mean, if you're going to, if you're, if you're going to teach the kids race theory or whatever you want to call it, right? Then you teach them that this is this is this was invented. This was created by man. It was created to to result in division. This is why it was created, right? It, and then and then this resulted in a slave trade. Then America was built. We bought slaves over here. It's all in historical sense with the with the purpose of of teaching why it was wrong. And then you give examples of 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 what came about, you know, and and again, we pretend that every race hasn't done this. And every race, every race on this planet has enslaved somebody. The Japanese brutalized the Ainu people who were the indigenous people of the Japanese islands when they went there thousands of years ago. And the Scots, my ancestors, wiped out the Pictish people. And the Romans slaughtered the Gauls and the Germanic people. I mean, you can go on and on and on through history. The English enslaved the Scots. This has this right. always been part of man's history. Obviously, the Islamic slave trade led to the deaths of millions of people in brutal, brutal conditions we can't even imagine. Even worse than what was seen in the South in America. So, this is a part of man's history. This is not a white thing. White Dutch were buying their slaves from the Portuguese, mm. just for starters. They controlled the slave trade when the Dutch were buying them. And then you had a lot of Jewish companies that, that bought and sold slaves. This is not a race thing. This is let a me, man thing. Let me ask you this, T. Just like we war, just like we war and we rape and we kill and we brutalize, um, it's not a racial well, issue. Well, it's, it's a power and a class thing, you know, you know, power yeah. and class. But let me ask you this. Since since the administration change, have you noticed a, a, a difference of racial tension inside there where you're at? Yeah, it's getting way worse. Yeah. I, what, uh, How so? I'm not the only one saying this. We don't have that 
like people think we do in prisons. We don't have the Aryan army out there murdering young black people or raping them in showers. That's movies. In-prison gangs are almost always based on drugs and power. Even if they have some kind of a racial agenda, the racial agenda is secondary. So, for example, in California, the Aryan groups hang out together because they're white, and the black guys hang out together, and the Hispanics hang out together in divided groups. But guess what? The Hispanic groups all kill each other, and the white guys kill each other. They all kill each other. The whites kill the Hispanics, and Hispanics kill blacks, and blacks kill the whites, and so on. But when it comes time to do business, when there's profit involved, money, drugs, things like that, guess what? They all start working together again. When there's a profit motive, the race goes out the window. All that, um, those guys are this and these guys are that. Suddenly you can talk to them when you're going to make a bunch of money on a deal or when you need to get something done or you want to smuggle something, you want to pay off a guard or punish somebody or whatever. Right, integrity so, and honor goes out the window. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in Michigan, all that Aryan Nazi crap has been gone for years. We don't have those people in here anymore. And the few that we had in the old days were a joke. They never had any real power in here. The Odinists never had any real power in here. Mm-hmm. You know, the few guys that were running around spinning anti-black propaganda were, were pretty much on their own. They had no real power. The white guys here that had real power, guess what? They were the old-timers from the hood. These are guys that worked with the brothers. They played on softball teams with the brothers. They lived in Cass Corridor in the worst parts of Detroit. They grew up around every possible race from Chaldeans to uh, other people of Middle Eastern descent like the Lebanese to Africans to Hispanics and whites and so on. So, again, those really powerful white guys in Europe, they never had a racial agenda. You know, they were just as pro-black as they were pro-anything. Um, that's kind of where I come from because I come from Flint. So I never had a racial agenda. So, again, that's when you start seeing Biden go on and on and on about everything in society is controlled by white supremacy, that's a bunch of garbage. There are older people with biases, absolutely. How is... Oh, the old T, yeah. how is how is that? So how is that racial tension like affecting the 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 orchestration of the the prison? Well, I've seen that a lot too, man.
are now actually mixed race. So they have Hispanics, whites, African Americans, and even occasionally people of Middle Eastern descent. So now even they're having problems because, let's say, the black members of blank gang are now kind of separating off to the side. Well, you know, man, the president's right, man. Guys are all racist. And it's all day, every day. If you watch CNN, it just goes on endlessly. It's just horrible. Fox acts like there's nothing wrong, and CNN acts like every race is going to kill each other within five minutes if we don't all just do something. And so, uh, again, I'm seeing racial hatred starting here now, and I'm seeing white people who I've never heard say anything racist now go, man, I'm sick of hearing this shit all fucking day, every day. Diversity my ass. My yeah. sisters told me that they told her they wouldn't hire her because she's white, which is happening now. And you see, like, Grubhub and DoorDash are telling white businesses, you have to pay full price, um, but if you're a minority business, we'll give you a deal. Now, you're hey, a hey, oh, hey, T, T, yeah. you heard the one from Popeyes? No, no. I, oh, I did hear something was going on with Popeyes, yeah. Yeah, so Popeyes said that they reserve the right to, to refuse to serve white people. But that's their agenda, though. That's their agenda. That's their agenda. They're doing. They're doing what they want to do. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't even matter. I mean, we don't even. Yeah, we. I mean, we don't even want to go there. Because that's their agenda. That's what they want. Because what happens? Okay, so okay. Hold up, T. Hold up. So what happens? Right is, is conflicts start happening in small little cities. Pockets of conflict start happening. Right. It's the same. What what another message that I'm trying to get out is is what they teach in prison. The same structure is what they teach out here. It's all government. It's all government training. So as as soon as as soon as small pockets start to form in different cities, they're going to come in. They've already got bills. They've already got bills written for this. Right. This is how this is how these bills come out so fast. As soon as a pocket or an uprising happens, a bill comes out the next day. That's five thousand pages. That shit has been sitting on a shelf because they know that it's coming. Right. So. Well, I could tell you where it's coming from. I could tell you because uh, because of COVID, you know. Well, I, you know, I want to believe I want to believe it was from COVID too. But if you recall, 
Trump would say, like, China virus, the left would go nuts. And yet what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of minorities, the, ma the majority of assaults against Asians are by minorities. I don't, and I have not been able to figure out from talking to my African-American friends, where is this coming from? Even the brothers that I know in here are like, dude, I don't know. I don't have no problem with Asians. And we have Asians in here, and nobody's messing with them. But on the streets, they're just walking and just punching them in the head. So it could be COVID. It could be some backlash against the other things we know that China's doing. Or it could be just this, this thing that's building, and that's where it's beginning. It's starting there. But we're also seeing uh, Europeans get assaulted, too. And so eventually, you're not seeing Asians fight back. You're not seeing Europeans fight back. But eventually, the point will probably come where some skirmishes do come. And when they do come, like you said, the government's going to swoop in to quotation marks fix the problem. And the way they fix problems is always martial law and taking away your rights. Yeah, so there's no question. That's the government takes. That's all they do. And that's what, again, that's what they do. When something happens in their T, what do they do? They come in with a sweeping arm. They just take it all. They take everything. They take everything. That's it. That's Hollywood. That's why we're at. Yeah. Anybody who's done time knows, like Attica, they come in, they kill some of you, they beat some of you down, they lie, they charge a lot of people with crap they didn't do, they overcharge other people who did do something, including the peacemakers, who try to talk the whole thing down, because suddenly they become leaders of the, of the revolt. And then on top of that, they, they, they change the rules, make it more strict, and it never gets better. I was at this prison in 1996 when it blew up, in the summer of 1996, and we lost a ton of privileges then, and here I am back here in 2021, and none of those privileges are back yet, and they're never going to be. Never going, going to be. When it's gone, it's gone. And that's what's going to happen in society, too. Yep. So when people, when people think, oh my God, gun violence is horrible, and it is, they think, let's get, away, let's get rid of guns, and then hmm. they start throwing crazy phrases like assault weapons around. Everybody out there doesn't realize that's a polemic, that's a fake term. Just because a gun is black doesn't make it any deadlier. There are wooden rifles like the Ruger Mini-14, which, by the way, the MDOC uses. It's a wooden, plain old, everyday rifle. It shoots the same round as the M16 or the AR-15. It's semi-automatic. It takes the exact same clip. It just looks like a deer rifle. Nobody wants to ban that because it's wood and it looks like a deer rifle. But guess what, folks? Same clip, same bullet, same capacity, same death. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't matter what kind of right. In my in my point of view, T, it don't matter what kind of. It doesn't matter what kind of gun it is. I want it. If the military has it, if the government has it, if anybody has it on the face of this planet, I want it for my protection as well. And and that's the bottom line. And that's my right. Yeah. And that's my right.
then guys would carry multiple guns. Trust me, if they had them back then, they'd be carrying them. Get off the gas, man. They carried bandoliers with like 10 pistols preloaded. Get off the gas. And they were probably never robbed, you know? No, exactly. No, and that's the whole point. They, so we can't say, well, they didn't plan for this. What's happening, though, and what everybody seems to be missing, and I just watched the Columbine special, too, people are forgetting it's, it's how messed up our kids are that's doing all of this. It's not the guns. The guns were there 50 years ago when there weren't mass shootings in this country. And this is what nobody's talking about. It's just get rid of the guns. Right. It doesn't change the problem. Why are people doing this? That's the issue. What has happened to society? And I forgive me if I'm preaching, but what's happened to society? Right. What? And I say that. And again, I say that as well. And I and I put I post that on Facebook. Is is why is as soon as something happens, the first thing that you hear is taking away guns. I've never not once heard any bill or amendment or any motion or any kind of talk about installing some sort of gun education into our elementary school or gun education into our middle school and start teaching these kids, kids. you know, just, but again, it's all agenda. It's all agenda, partner. But the people say you're a secret. The people say you're a secret ninja assassin, man. Columbine, 
we have all these incidents, these school shootings, these mall shootings. Why? And nobody, including just as of yesterday, the Columbine University, nobody's talking about it. No one's saying, why are the kids doing this stuff? Yeah. What makes them do this? Well, of course not. And, and, yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know how everyone is missing that. Again, it's that division, though. The right wants to keep guns. The left wants to get rid of guns. Nobody's talking about what's really going on. Because they still so get all their information from CNN and, and MSNBC and and Fox and, exactly. and, and from the TV exactly. instead of just putting in the work and, and doing the research themselves. Yep. But, T, let me shift yep. gears a little bit now. So, sure. um, first and foremost, uh, Paula, who is listening, has, has started a, a swear jar. And she says you're up to, uh, <laughs> she says you're up to, yeah, she says you're up to $13 right now. <laughs> and then I also have, um, I have a question about the CIU and, and what can we do to, to, um, to help them or, or so, so explain to me why you're still in prison, man. This is, this is the most absurd shit I've ever heard in my life, man. Wayne County CI. 
CIU to handle my case. And they've done an extensive investigation. Uh, they've been through thousands of documents and looked at numerous witnesses, my polygraphs and everything else, and came to a conclusion. And the next step will be basically, uh, there's multiple options, but the main one would be to confront the county and say, okay, we've concluded that this man's innocent, you did this, and you're responsible for A, B, and C. The county then will, of course, say, uh, we didn't do anything wrong, and we're not going to take any action. That then requires the attorney general to take the case somewhere else. And um, we, I don't even know if there's an exact process in place for this. I'm the first time that this will happen. But the next thing they have to do is take my case out of that county to another county, um, I believe. And, and even that, just so everyone understands, even that's kind of a gray area. We don't really know how they're going to resolve this. That's one of the problems. Um, there's internal stuff going on, obviously, that they will not discuss with us. So there's no denying my innocence. It's simply how do they go about achieving my release. And in the end, an independent judge who's not from St. Clair County is going to have to be the one who orders my release. And what everybody's upset about right now, and I, I'm not going to deny that I'd like to go home myself. <laughs> what everyone's upset about right now is that it's taking so long to get to that stage. With everybody else, when the Wayne County CIU rules, and Oakland County is opening one now too, which is wonderful. Just so everyone knows out there, Wayne County is Detroit, Michigan. Um, Oakland County, if you've heard of it, is Pontiac, Michigan. So these are very, very big cities. So they've had a lot of problems in the past. Um, the problem for me is I'm kind of, I'm the test case, unfortunately. And, you know, we, we would like to inspire the Attorney General to act more quickly. I don't want to be, you know, abusive or disrespectful, but we are frustrated that it's taking so long to get us to that point. Whereas the other people are, it's, their investigation's done, they very quickly get a hearing, and they literally go home the day of their hearing. So if I could get a hearing, I would probably go home the day of that hearing. And I could begin all this wonderful work that we have lined up. To but but so so nobody's denied, nobody's denied the fact that you're innocent. No, not at all. I don't want to speak for the unit, but I, I believe I can say without, without upsetting anybody that, yeah, there's no one is questioning my innocence. The issue is now what to do about it, basically. And the, legally, there are other options. Most of you out there might know if you've been listening that I, I have a couple legal degrees and been a pretty successful litigant. Um, one option, of course, is to do a habeas. A habeas corpus is Latin for basically to release or to deliver the body. And it's a state or federal mechanism where you go to a judge and say, there's been an injustice, let this person go. Another option is the governor to do a commutation or a clemency or a pardon. Uh, Michigan's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, has absolutely refused to take any action on my case. Even though she knows that I'm innocent, she's been counseled on this matter. She's been informed repeatedly by incredibly notable attorneys that I'm completely innocent. And we have to assume at some point she might have communicated with the attorney general, but she refuses to act. For me or any innocent individual, just so everyone understands, Gretchen Whitmer will do nothing for criminal justice reform to fix prisons in Michigan or to help the, the hundreds of incarcerated people that are in prison that shouldn't be in here. And again, so everyone knows, Michigan leads the nation in wrongful convictions. So we are we are the worst. I believe Texas might have had more, but they have us so massively outnumbered that we're actually the worst. And um, yeah, what what we've had a series of governors who won't do anything about it. Yeah, what 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 you're unaware of, T, is is um is I've been interviewing guys out of Michigan, and I just had a, a guy um. Uh, Trinity Matheson on my show yesterday. So, 
Yep, I had him on there yesterday talking about his case. Um, you know, are you familiar with Horace Peterson and his case? Yeah, yeah, yes, I am. Yeah. So, yeah. yep, him, him as well, and and I'm yeah. and I'm yeah. trying. Yes. So what I'm trying to do. We had one uh, Wednesday, but we also had one um, uh, about a month ago, which which uh, highlighted uh, about 11 of the innocent guys that have gotten the Michigan system. Some of whom I actually helped over the years. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, I have to say hi to them on the phone, and they were basically saying the same thing. You know, why are you still in there? But um, I had no idea working with the other guys here. There's uh, some wonderful cases, in, or I should say, horrible cases in Michigan, highlighting what's wrong. And uh, the need for reform. And as I say, our governor's just well. Have them reach out to me because what I'm trying to do is, I'm, and I'm and I'm trying to do it. Uh, I'm trying to document all of this live, you know, so that so that people can come together and see all in one package. Yeah. Like, hold on, you have all of these people around the same time coming out saying that they were wrongly convicted or innocent. Yeah. Because yeah. There, there's a group that I talked to. Um, that's familiar with this case as well. And it's like they said that it would take a public outcry to get an audit system on the judicial system, per se, to to go back and look at all of these cases and look at all the corruption. And a public outcry is not 100 or 200 people. You know, a public outcry is people 50,000, 100,000, 200,000, a million. And and what I want to do is, um, and maybe I'll get with Paula and start a... Uh, what what is the signature one that these people a, the change.org or whatever but start yeah, a petition yeah, one of the best groups, yeah. start a petition dealing with asking the government you know for some sort of audit of of that yeah. of that time because like 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 we say man where, where you see one you'll see 50 you know right. so that we didn't have the death penalty. But people need to understand, there are, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans, who've been wrongfully convicted, who aren't sentenced to die like me. Just, it's not just murders, or it's not just rapes. It's every possible crime you can imagine, and it's because of the way our system is set up. We, we have almost no checks and balances. Our appellate system is a joke. You get some slipshod attorney like I did. You know, mine was, a, everybody knows, a well-known cokehead. He was actually admitted it in news articles later on about his cocaine nightmare being a living hell. And yet no appellate court would give me any, any action on this, knowing this man was corrupt and a drug dealer and a crackhead and everything else. That's because in the country right now, this goes on so much that until it hits us, we just take it for granted. But people, once it hits you, your life is over. It's already over. Every penny, your life is over. It's every penny that you've got. It's the shame that comes with being accused of a crime you didn't commit. It's the frustration. It's the massive expense. It's draining your bank account to pay for an attorney who will probably do a terrible job and not get you off. Or it's you eventually relenting and pleading to something because they've told you, if you don't plead to this, you're going to get this. Now, just so everyone knows, or people who haven't listened in the past, they offered me continuous plea deals to try to get me to plead because they knew that, A, I didn't commit the crime, and B, they had absolutely no evidence that I was involved in any way. And what so happened? They, what would have happened if you would have pled? Okay, so they came back with a 25, and then a 15, and then a 10. So in 1986 in Michigan, we still had what's called good time, which a lot of states like Michigan have gotten rid of. Now we don't reward good behavior anymore. 
So with Good Time, we also had correction centers, which some of you might be familiar with. Um, you, you leave prison and you go live in a secure building on the outside, and you work through the day and you report back, and then you're, you're locked down at night, depending on your schedule. And you pay a small fee often to stay in these places, but you're still under uh, departmental custody. And fleeing from that place is like an escape from prison. You get charged and you go back to prison. So we had correction centers all over the state. Now, you could go to a correction center when you were four years from your outdate. I had a year of credit in the county jail. I would have gotten at least three years of good time. I literally would have gone to quarantine with a 10-year sentence, and in, I would have gone right to level one. And within about a year or two, I would have been working out on the streets at Taco Bell in a correction center, free to drive a car or a motorcycle and make love to my girlfriend and see my children and so on. Um, but I wouldn't do that because I didn't do it. So here I am 35 years later, still in prison for crime I didn't commit. So the reason this matters and should matter to everybody is they thought I was such a little inconsequential nobody. They were willing to give me a sentence so small that they knew I would be right back on the streets in no time. Now I'm the deadliest, most dangerous man that ever lived, and it's pure evil in my eyes, and they've never met a monster like me before, and blah, 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 to justify what they did to me. Well, they weren't saying any of those things when they were ready to let me go. But I wouldn't play the game. I wouldn't plead. I wouldn't confess to a murder that I didn't commit. And it infuriated them. So they spent a year torturing me in the jail, and they gave me the maximum sense they could give me. Now, the reason that matters is first-degree murder in Michigan requires proof, not suspicion, proof of premeditation, planning, and forethought. They have to show that I did things like I went and borrowed a gun from my buddy and I said, I'm going to kill that guy. And my girlfriend tried to talk me out of it. And I said, no, I'm doing this. And then I mm. sat there and I thought about it. It, it. I planned it for days. The fact is, nobody knows what happened to this guy. Nobody has any idea what happened to this guy other than he was shot by a stranger that nobody saw. That's and the it. real killers out there living a glorious life. Exactly. And yet they, they gave me the maximum sentence. They broke the law. Didn't show any planning, any forethought, nothing. No getting a gun, no borrowing a car, no driving there, nothing. And gave me the maximum sentence, which in Michigan is a death sentence, basically. Then they threw me into the world's largest walled prison at the age of 24, in one of the most violent prisons in the country also, a place I wasn't supposed to be because of my age. The rule in Jackson was you had to be 27. But they put me behind the walls in Jackson anyways, hoping that I would go back there and get murdered. And Robert Cleland use his influence as a prosecutor to harass the MDOC to try to get them to make my life hell. And there are actually documents in my file saying that Robert Cleland is demanding that we weld this guy into a cell in Marquette, that we don't give him a job, that we just make his life hell. Now, I'm saying this on national television or a national podcast, if you will. See if Robert Cleland takes any legal action against me. He won't because he knows what he did. So... You know, he's not going to be suing me for libel or slander because the man's a monster. Same man that wrote the written orders to torture me in the jail. No visits, uh, no showers, no recreation, no phone calls except for monitored calls to an attorney. Uh, I wasn't even allowed to have a Bible. No books in cell. No reading privileges. I could go on. So let me ask you this here, right? Because, yeah. because a lot of what you explain, right, is what we call diesel therapy. Yeah, right? exactly. Oh, yeah, I get a lot of that, yeah. So... So for a lot of people that may not understand what diesel therapy is, because that's not just a common term that a lot of people know, what is exactly diesel therapy? Okay. So when you're charged with a crime and you won't play the game, they have their mechanisms for torturing you in the jail and giving you an insane sentence. 
when you're in prison and you won't play the game or you stand up and you resist or you fight for civil rights or you advocate like I do, um, you are threatened, your cell is destroyed, your visitors are harassed, your calls are hyper-monitored, your uh, property comes up missing, you get smashed, mail doesn't make it through, and then they have what's called diesel therapy. And, and that's not even diesel therapy. therapy. <laughs> I must have been on his end. I don't think it was on my end. Correctional facility. Our regular business okay. hours are from 8 a.m. to 4:30 p.m. Monday through Friday. If you know your wait while I transfer your call. Yeah, this is Thomas with Free Me Podcast. I think we got disconnected. Uh, Tomojin Kinsel. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hey, we got cut off. Yep. I thought I thought maybe they were I thought I thought maybe they were in there beating you up, man. <laughs> hey, don't don't be talking about that diesel therapy. Don't be talking about that diesel therapy. Is that where we're on diesel therapy? Yeah, that's where we were at. You were okay. talking about we were talking about how they were taking you all over the place.
beat the guy up and do this fake hearing. And if you write a grievance, they just laugh at you and they deny the grievance. So your your last right. course is like you're right. Yeah, you're writing a grievance. Years. You're writing a grievance yeah. to the to the people that took the stuff away from you. <laughs> Right. Then you have to file a lawsuit, and that takes years. And most inmates can't do that. They don't know how to do it. They they, they charge you four hundred dollars to file the fee for the lawsuit. Um, now you don't have your typewriter, so you have to write everything by hand. So imagine trying to fight the state's attorney general by hand, you know, on scrap paper, and while you're in the hole uh, with no access to a law library. And this is what they do. This is how they beat you down. And I'll never forget. I'll never. I'll never forget T. A dude from from the shoe, right? From the shoe, from from the hole, wrote a motion and got it out on toilet paper to save his twenty two fifty five. That's a very famous case. Went to U.S. Supreme Court. That's right. Yep. Yeah. That, that's what we have to do, man. That's what we have to do when we get when we get. Give me one second. T. Well, I I think he gave it to somebody. He he gave it to his celly, because that's what we have to do. If I know that my mail is being oh, yeah. blocked, I have to send my mail across to my to to somebody across the hall and have them put their name on it and send it to whoever they send it to to get my mail out. See, and that's the point that I wanted to make is is no matter how hard they try, right? No matter how hard they try, us resilient people is always going to find a way to get it done. That's one thing about. Oh, yeah. That's one thing about convicts. That's listen. I get a kick out of knowing that for years I would send my legal pleadings to my wife, yep. from somebody else, and to a different name than her at a different address, and then have those things forwarded on to her to prepare or to get onto a lawyer because they would because otherwise it would it would go right in the garbage. Oh, Ken's just sending legal documents out. Well, those aren't going to make it. Yep, they go yeah, right in the garbage. Yeah, exactly. And you wouldn't know. And that's the thing. No. If because because. You, you, you put it in the mailbox and you think that it's gone, man. I can't wait to hear back from the court. A year later, you're like, the court's like, well, sorry, sir, you're expired. We never got anything from you, you know, so... Then overturned it, 
claiming that I was late when I filed the habeas. They didn't care that I was innocent. And uh, a very horrible judge named David W. McKeague protected his friend Robert Cleland and said, oh, well, no, you, know, you filed this appeal late, so we're going to try and tear apart this ruling from the chief judge of the Eastern District Court, federal court, who says you're completely innocent. And they did a horrible, phony analysis of the case, deliberately misquoted all the facts, and uh, brushed off the mountains of evidence, the law enforcement, the polygraphs, the forensics. And uh, again, I think I mentioned on the last show, um, basically held that it's okay to kill somebody with absolutely no evidence of their guilt whatsoever. No evidence. And when I say no evidence, so everyone understands I'm not exaggerating, I mean no evidence. No weapon, no witnesses, no confessions, no forensics, no anything. No suspect uh, properly identified, uh, no firearm, no and and the and the thing of it is is that people people may find this hard to believe right coming from other states and and, and experiences and things like that but as if you caught the if you, if you caught the message from Trinity last night you're hearing people are in prison who didn't even for murder who didn't even kill anybody because the the exactly because right. their co-defendant was off yeah, because their co-defendant went off and did whatever he wanted to do and kill somebody exactly. without you knowing you're still charged for yeah. murder. Yeah. So yeah, what, what you're saying, T, is not unbelievable when you put that in perspective, you know? Yeah, there's actually a, a funny you bring that up. There's a case, uh, the Norman Buck case. Norman Buck was a bully from Flint who I actually knew. I had um, actually gotten into a fight with Chris Buck, a relative of his, uh, shortly before this incident. And uh, Norman Buck did some time in prison here in Michigan, and when he got out of prison, he was bullying the neighborhood kids in the Flint area. These were, these were good kids. These were good kids. These weren't drug kids or, you know, bad kids. These were really good kids who basically were Boy Scouts. And um, they didn't get in trouble, and uh, they didn't break the law. And Norman would bully them. He would take their money, whatever little jewelry they had, or steal their bicycles, just crap like that. Now, this is an ex-con terrorizing little kids in the neighborhood. And they tried going to the police, and the police wouldn't do anything about it. They didn't care that Norm was an ex-con. They didn't care he was bullying and robbing kids. And he would often do it in false pretenses. So he'd, he'd find the kids together all hanging out, drinking pop. He'd say, hey, what do you guys stole my tools or something like that? And uh, no, we didn't steal anything, sir. And we all give me your money right now. I'm going to kill all of you. I'm going to rape you. I rape guys in prison. He just terrorized these kids. Well, they included a guy named uh, Norman Wayne Sego and uh, Buck's, Buck's own son, uh, Norm Buck Jr., so uh, a guy named Randy Overton decides he's not putting up with it anymore, and he's going to get in the shotgun, this old crappy, you know, break-in-half, single-shot shotgun, and he's going to intimidate Buck with it. So if Buck comes around us again, I'm going to point this shotgun at him, and I'm going to let him know we're not putting up with this anymore. And there was Joe Geick was there, and I believe there was a female there, too, at the time. And sure enough, Buck comes over to terrorize these kids. He comes to the door of this house and starts being demanding and things. And uh, he starts to come in the door. And Randy Overton, who's got this little single-shot shotgun, is like, I'm going to shoot you. And Buck's like, yeah, you're not going to do shit, kid. And Randy pulls the trigger. <laughs> now, these are all kids. These were minors. These were all juveniles, 15, 16 years old. And um, he pulls the trigger. And everybody mm. kind of freaks out, like, what the hell? Well, oh, my God, what did you do? Well, Buck is still alive. Now Randy's freaking out. And he puts another shell in, and he shoots, he shoots Buck again. And I, I believe he put a third shell in and shot again and pretty much cut Buck in half. My goodness, now man. Out. Yeah, now everyone's flipping out. Okay. And nobody so, tried to stop him? Randy, now just so everyone knows, I know Randy. He's a really nice guy. He's not a violent person. He was terrified of this guy, and he freaked out. 
And so they charged them all with murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Now, when this happened, like kids do, they started, like, making up stories, you know. There was no question there was a record of what Buck was doing to the kids. The cops didn't care about that. Now they just really cared about this murder. So to cover their ass on leaving these kids out in the dark to get beat up and molested by this guy till they finally killed him, the cops decided to charge everybody. They didn't care what Buck was doing to the kids. They didn't care he was an ex-con who was terrorizing them and saying he was going to rape them and everything else. That was okay. Beating the crap out of them, that was okay. When they stood up for themselves and killed Buck, Randy was the only one who had done anything criminal and the only one who'd even said anything about pointing a gun at anybody. They took all of them and charged them all and then told some of them, well, yeah, you can snitch and you can snitch and you'll get a deal. And mm. Norman, Norman Wayne Siegel, who never held the gun, never fired a shot, had nothing to do with anything about planning to kill anybody. Norman Wayne Siegel got natural life. This young kid, Norm Buck, who was com- junior, who was completely innocent and is still in prison, he got natural life. Now, just so everyone knows, the murderer, the actual murderer, there's no question about who the murderer is, Randy Overton, he got 20 years. He got 20 years under Michigan's old system with good time. So the two innocent guys... That's exactly what Trinity was saying. Yeah, never touched the gun. They are still doing natural life in Michigan. When their cases are appealed, by some very prominent attorneys, by the way, Michigan Supreme Court, in their awesome generousness, says, well, you know, you guys didn't really touch the gun, so we're going to take that two-year gun charge off of you, but we're going to leave a natural life sentence on you. Meanwhile, Randy Overton is on his way home many, many years ago, and I'm with him at Lapeer. This is in the 1990s, and he's done, I don't know, what do you do, eight, eight years, something like that? And so uh, he says, hey, listen, I want to help these guys. I want to tell the truth. And I typed up an extensive affidavit for Randy Overton acknowledging that Buck and Finney had nothing to do with this crime. Norman Wayne Siegel, Finney's his nickname. That they had nothing to do with this crime. It was all me that I freaked out, that I shot Buck. I reloaded the gun. I shot him again. Uh, what the girl said was true. Those guys didn't do jack. It was all me. He's home, and he's been home for, what, 15, 20 years? And those two kids, those two innocent kids, are still serving natural life sentences in Michigan, and the murderer is home. That's so crazy. That don't even make sense, though, yeah. man. That don't even make that's sense. Our, that's, our that's our system, people. And you need to be concerned about this because you might think, well, I'm living a good life. I'm not doing anything wrong. That doesn't matter. Your friend gets in the car with you one day, and you don't know your friend's got cocaine on him, and he's got a gun. And maybe he carried a gun and you just didn't know it. Maybe he had a gun on him that day because he was scared. You're going to prison, and you're going to prison for a long time because you're the driver of the vehicle that has cocaine in the gun. It doesn't matter how innocent you are. It doesn't matter if your friend says, hey, he didn't know I had it. In a state like Michigan, or a lot of other states. A lot of other states, man. You are engaged in in a series of felonies. You are transporting drugs for the purposes of delivery. You are transporting somebody who's transporting drugs, just conspiracy and collusion. He's got a firearm. That's an accelerated felony on top of that. Whatever he gets, you're getting some time. So, T. And this goes on for T, so many possible crimes. Yes. So, let me, let me let me get some advice from you, okay? Yeah. Because I, I, I just heard a story the other day, right? And it was a, a mother who, this is her only means of transportation is her vehicle. She don't have much, right? She's, it's, it's, she's, she's just her and her son. Her son just got his license, right? 
The next day, the mother goes to use her car. It smells like weed, and she finds a little bag of weed in the car, right? Yep. How, you know, I, I tried to explain to her, like, you have to, you have to tell the son the consequences, but what do you say to, to a, a kid that could have jeopardized, and this is a, a, a black woman at that now, so now she yep. gets pulled yep. over, she tells the cops, listen, I don't have any drugs in the car, the cops right. go in and now they find drugs in the car, right? So right. What, what do you say to that kid? Mandate, quote unquote, quota, all of this stuff. going to find it. So what does the mom do?
disadvantage. Don't endanger your loved ones because of the things that you are Because you want to take the risks. That's absolutely right. You want to take risks? Take risks. Don't involve other people into your risks. You know, I did a... uh, I did a, I did another show on on uh, this this kid that did uh he confessed to murder on Instagram live right, so oh, yeah. he's he's on Instagram and he's he's talking about you know he's bragging about how he shot somebody and he's this killer and all of this stuff. Well, there's a female yeah. in the back, right? So now, right. again, because he wants to be the idiot and and expose himself, right. he's exposing yeah. somebody else now into his shit. Right. Because now there's a female in the back. He's talking to her. She laughs. He take he takes his clip out and hands it to her and tells her to reload it. She's an accessory now. Trying to manipulate pen pals and all that stuff. But not only, but but even to continue on that, but just the embarrassment, you know what I mean? The trauma from itself, the embarrassment, because now you're going to have child protective services coming into your life, wanting to know why. Well, if it's not your weed, it's your son's. Now, what are you giving? Are you buying weed for your, you know, and it's going to put her. So the whole situation is just bad. And again, it goes to my message, like the things that we do without thinking, the selfishness, the ego. You know, it's it's my life. I want to yeah. do what I want. If I want to go to my friend's house, yeah. I'll take my weed. Well, you can do that, but you're going to walk. Right. Take the bus, right. call yeah. an Uber, yeah. do whatever it is. You're yeah. not taking my car. You yeah. know? And you're not taking the car that I paid for for you or that I'm making the payments on for you or paying the insurance on for you. You know, it, it's so important that we really think about the consequences of our actions. And it's funny that we hear people talk about that all the time. 
you hear people say, oh, let's think about what we're doing to the environment. And that same person is covered in nylon and plastics, which are ruining the oceans and, of course, which come from petroleum. Um, or they're wearing Birkenstocks, which are, you know, beautiful and crafted from leather. Meantime, they're vegans and they don't eat, you know, meat because they're killing animals, but they're, they're wearing leather sandals. I mean, the, again, it's, it's just hypocrisy that we tend to kind of swim in this pool of all the time. And I actually had this fight with somebody and said, well, your sandals are made of nylon and there's leather straps on your backpack. You know, where do you think those came from? Those came from a slaughtered cow and your sandals came from, you know, obviously processed oil. So what are you going to do? You know, what, what is your actual plan? Well, we're not there yet. Oh, but you're, but you're preaching about blank and blank and blank, you know. Right, um, but you want to remove, you want to remove all petroleum vehicles off the road by 2032. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Again, no, for the intelligent people out there, America's energy grid is so far behind. And for all Biden's blah, blah, blah about infrastructure, no bill is even passed. And then it takes years to build these massive plants and facilities. And the, the energy it would take to power millions of electric vehicles is billions and billions of wind turbines and billions of solar panels because that technology is very, very inefficient. So again, I'm not opposed to solar. I'm not opposed to wind. But if everyone remembers switchgrass was going to save us all 20 years ago mm. and the car magazines like, we're going to make racing fuel from switchgrass yep. and George Bush was pushing that. I remember that. Guess what happened to the switchgrass industry, everybody? Nothing. It didn't happen. It's all it's all to move money, man. It's all to wash money, move yeah. money. Solyndra, you know, was half a billion dollars, and we're going to make solar panels in America, and guess what? No, we're not, because the best ones are made in China, and China pays slave labor wages, and Chinese government controls every aspect of business, and every company that goes over there of ours has to give our technology to China for free to be there. So Apple had to give everything, basically, to the Chinese government to build factories over there to make their phones super cheap in Chinese slave labor plants so you can have your $1,000 12. Now, that's fine. Okay, you like the phone, you love your phone, that's fantastic. But don't pretend you don't know where the phone came from or that it's made of plastic or that it's made of rare earth minerals, and those rare earth minerals are mined in super toxic mines that strip the earth. You know, again, there's that hypocrisy. So at the, at the beginning... At the beginning, yeah. to you, you were you you mentioned that you know that China's taking over. So, how do you oh, see? How do you see that? How do you see, like, inst- like, give me facts, give me details of how you yeah. see that China's taking over. Well, China right now, for starters, their, their army is a thousand times the size of ours. And while we love to brag that we have great technology, China's stolen a majority of that technology. They've copied our Raptor. They've copied our silent screw technology from our subs. They've stolen our nuclear secrets. We all know there have been multiple busts of Chinese agents in our nuclear facilities. Everyone probably remembers the scandal, older people, from the, uh, the, the uh, Clinton administration, and nothing was done about that. We've had Chinese spies everywhere in this country stealing everything. You can go on any Chinese street. The senator. The uh, senator that was married yeah. to a Chinese, uh, Chinese spy for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, Diane Feinstein had a Chinese spy driving for her. And, um, you know, we could go, we, I mean, there's a million of these instances. So, on, but on top of that, what everybody's forgetting is that China is building up a military 
that is an extension of their intent to take over the world. When you build a military, you build two kinds of militaries. You build a defensive one. And China has missile bases that have defensive missiles all over. We don't have that in the U.S. Can anybody name one base right now that has a bunch of missile batteries pointed at different countries? Now, I'm not talking about our nukes. I'm talking about defensive missiles to shoot jets out of the sky. Yeah, we don't have that it was supposed to be the Patriot, right? Or the, or was it the, the Scud? Which one was it? Well, we have the Patriot system, but we sell those. Yeah. We have those in storage. What we don't have in the U.S. is a bunch of missiles pointed at the sky waiting for Russian fighter jets to come over here. But if you try to go bomb Russia or China, they have bases all over the place with missiles pointed at the sky. Now, I'm not talking about the nuclear long-distance missiles. I'm talking about defensive missiles, like, like surface-to-air missiles, SAMs, for example. Other countries like Iran are buying all of these SAM systems, these very advanced SAM systems, to defend against us attacking them. We're not building anything defensive in the U.S. because we're so freaking arrogant. Our military is not that big. A lot of it's outdated. It's underfunded. Biden's going to cut a bunch of the funding now. In the meantime, China is building, I, I believe it's 12 aircraft carriers. So 12 of them, massive super carriers, they're calling them. Yeah, you notice you don't hear anymore about about all of the uh, the Chinese taking them straits over. Remember when they were sending all the battleships over to the straits for the trading route? Not a damn thing. Oh, wait, wait. We did one thing, T. I got to say, we did one thing, partner. We did yeah. one thing. We yeah. created a anti-Asian hate crime bill. Well, that was important. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, because they weren't, because they weren't included in the original hate, the hate crime bill, right? They had to create their own hate crime bill. Crazy, man. They are taught in school that they're going to take over America. Chinese children grow up in their public schools being told things like, one day when we control America, we're going to have to kill all the gaijin. 
the white-eyed devils, the round, the, the round-eyed devils, because they're going to stand in our, our glorious revolution. They hear this all day long. They're raised to believe that China is one day going to control the entire world. So what are they doing? They're creating an economy so powerful, we're borrowing from them. They bootleg and hack everything on the planet for free so they don't pay for the technology. They then take all their vast resources and they build a military bigger than anybody ever thought imaginable to go out and conquer the entire world. And we sit back and we go, hey, stop, don't, no, please stop. You're not supposed to do that. No, you're not supposed to do that. Cut it out. We're going to get mad. And what's the first thing (laughs) Biden does? He takes all the tariffs off of them. He lets them off the hook. Why? Because what was Biden and his son doing? They were out there partying with Chinese women at clubs while taking briefcases of cash and selling American companies out and selling the, Amer- selling the American military out. And guess what? There's a massive chip shortage. Now we need chips for all of our stuff. And, and they said the chip shortage won't be fixed for 10 years. Where are the chips all coming from? China. Where's the rare earth materials coming from to make all the, the computer chips? China. Does China have a shortage? Nope. Warehouses full. Do we? Nope. We get our medical supplies from China. We get contaminated medications from China that kill thousands of Americans. They don't give the bad stuff to their people. They give us the tainted stuff. And now they're building a military so large they can take over the entire planet. They have a massive nuclear arsenal. But more importantly, they have a billion people ready to go to war. They are fanatically disciplined. Go online and watch videos of the Chinese military. And then watch videos of our soldiers sitting around smoking and drinking and, and listening to stupid music and acting like idiots. Hey, T. And think, are we ready to take on that? T. You know yeah. where you know where fentanyl comes from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank you. Chinese labs. And and, and isn't 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 fentanyl like controlling our, our drug country right now? It's it's just everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's it's the most powerful yeah most powerful opiate on the planet and uh, insanely addictive, uh, hundreds times more powerful than anything else. And it's coming from Chinese labs, North Korea, and of course now large quantities coming from Mexico from Mexican labs too. And it's destroying us. Do you think they have these problems in China, people? No, they do not. Because in China, they have zero tolerance for drug addiction. You sell heroin in China, they kill you. Oh, my God. Are you crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Guess what kind of heroin problem China has, people? (laughs) Yeah. China maintains a cadre of very beautiful women who work in a, a law enforcement capacity whose job is to execute prisoners. These women, if you, again, go Google this. There, there's a For the organs. For these women. They pick the most beautiful women. They're very intelligent. They're highly educated. Um, they're very feminine, girly girls, and they're master assassins. And their one job is to go out upon orders every day and shoot prisoners in the head. So if you watch those videos of these women... And they explain how they're doing this wonderful duty for their country, and they're so proud to be able to serve. And they have little Hello Kitties. I know Hello Kitty's Japanese. But they have little Hello Kitty dolls all around their little apartments, and they have stuffed animals, and they're just precious. They look at the girls in the Korean K-pop videos. And then the morning comes, and they brush their teeth, and they comb their hair, and they put on that uniform. And the face changes, and you see this very stern look come over them. Mm. And they report for work at these Chinese prisons, and they're given today's roster of who to kill. And they go out in these fields, and they read a small script, they take a pistol, they shoot, they shoot a prisoner in the back of the head. Now, if they need to save the corneas or something like that, they shoot them in the back of the neck instead and sever the, uh, sever the spine like a sniper does. And then afterwards, 
they'll give you a little interview and tell you how wonderful it was and what they're going to have for lunch and what a beautiful day it is and how they love their job. That's the difference in China and America. These women are stone-cold killers and yet wonderful human beings and incredible mothers, and they couldn't be nicer and kinder and sweeter. But they see this as part of their duty to the state. That's who China is. Yeah. China has millions and millions of soldiers who act and think like that. They are hyper-disciplined, skilled in every weapon, methods of assassination, martial arts, technology. They speak multiple languages, most importantly, English, because they really believe they're going to come here one day and take this country over. Very few Americans can speak Chinese, an incredibly difficult language. All the dialects in China are incredibly difficult to speak. Uh, Sichuan and Mandarin are the primary dialects. They speak excellent English. Why? Because they're taught in school, you're going to need to know what the American prisoners are saying, or you're going to need to use Americans for your purposes. And yep, and, and, Chinese, and all you have to do, like all of these are facts, all of these are facts, and, and as Greg... And as Gregory, as Gregory pointed out online, he says most of Amazon's merchandise comes from China, which you're probably unfamiliar Absolutely. with. But, but yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because every time something comes from Amazon, the first thing I look at is to see if if what Gregory is saying is true, and it is. I mean, there's nothing yeah. that I don't get that comes from China. So it's no, they make everything there. so it's it's yeah. I, now. I bought a bunch of Japanese martial arts equipment for Japanese martial arts, and it all came from China. All came from China. And and now, if if you're unfamiliar with, with the fact that most of Chinese um, people that come over here, they, they, they go to our universities, they graduate from our universities, right. and there's a large percentage of them, engineers, um, things of that yep. nature, and then they're taking that education back to China with them. They're not, they're not right. opening businesses here. If they do open business right. here, who are they hiring? They're only hiring Chinese. So, so let me ask you this, T. T, the China man that I picked up in my Uber car that one day, and he told me that China was just like America. He was a spy. Absolutely. 
<laughs> I knew it. I knew he was inspired. I should have kicked him out of my car. Yeah, well, well, what he was saying was that, because I had asked him how, how the living was over there, and what he had said is, like, there's no difference. There's no, what you, like, what you do here is what you can do in China. The only difference is, yeah. is, like, you can't, how you see people on TV talking out about your government, you can't do that in China. But everything else, like how you see, you can do in China. You can, this is what he's telling me, and I'm thinking, spy. Yeah. He's a spy. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not that. It's that the students, for example, and many Chinese students have produced these documents or, or admitted this. Um, the Chinese government requires these students to do this as as a, a gift, if you will, to the government and as a duty to the nation for being allowed to come over here and learn to leave China. China is kind of free in the sense that these students can leave and they can come to the U.S. But if they're going to come to an American university, they have to enter into these contracts. They have to make these agreements. And they have to agree to provide information. Now, if a girl comes over and she's an art major, she, she may not have access to anything. She may not have anything to report. But the one in the physics lab, absolutely. The one in engineering, absolutely. The one in government sciences who's working with politicians or driving a car for, uh, you know, um, uh, a politician, for example, absolutely. Um, and obviously we know uh, many politicians have been compromised. By Chinese agents, so and who you would never suspect. So that does not mean that every person working in a Chinese restaurant is, you know, a direct agent for the Chinese government who's poisoning your food and reporting back what kind of car you drive. I don't want people to think that this is a crazy conspiracy theory. It's not, but it is a fact, and it's been admitted many, many times. And again, everything that I'm saying to you, you can Google and see that it's true. But it yeah. should shock you. Because we're still letting them in by the hundreds of thousands. Now, I don't want to ban the Chinese. I want to ban the Chinese government from doing this. I want China to stop their nefarious behavior. I don't have a problem with the Chinese. They have a beautiful culture. I love the martial arts. I, I love the food. I love the history. They're incredible artisans. And, and they're well, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're incarcerated because of your ties to the Orient. Yeah, pardon me? I said you're incarcerated because of your ties to the Orient. I know where's all this where's all this training at, man? You're supposed to be snapping guards' necks and throwing shurikens and stabbing the warden with your pen. Come on, man. Hey, listen, listen, I have no problem with it, T. I have no problem with it. And I'm and with the mask, I don't I'll, I still go out in the public with it because mainly for, for absolutely facial recognition. You're giving me a reason to cover my face in public so you can't track me, watch me, follow me. I'll take that. Because it shields their identity 
like we needed to know this woman's identity, which is a shopping mall. I guess we have to know who she is. But what it was really about was the government has cameras everywhere, and they want the cameras to, to track your face. Right. And now we were mandating masks, and I've seen people like have their face completely shielded to that uh, even smaller, thin slit than the women have with the burqa. And That's me. Nobody had a complaint about it, so it's it's hilarious. We have a Islamic uh, officer here, a woman. She's a wonderful, wonderful corrections officer, really nice person, and she wears the head covering, and she also has a black mask, so she looks like the traditional Muslim woman that they were harassing ten years ago for wearing what she now wears, you know, as part of her faith and as part of her as part of her job in the MDOC. Yeah. So it just shows you how crazy things really are that we've gone from singling out people because of a religious belief and making their life hard to now, you know, for medical reasons, saying, okay, you must do this. That's me. So, again, it just, it's, and it, but it shows you how fake all of this is. It shows you how ridiculous and controlled this all is. And you know what I told you last time, last program, they're going to come up with a new story, and guess what? Now we have the Delta variant, and it's yep. even more infectious. And you, hey, words. hey, T, you called that money, yeah. too, man. You called that right on the head, uh, man. Crazy, let man. This go. Yeah, they're not going to let this go. And and so everyone who just got ticked off by my statement, um, I'd ask you to remember that a million people are going to die from heart disease and cancer, and we're not doing a damn thing about it. So you probably all know somebody who died of COVID. I, I lost an aunt to COVID. She was mm. not a healthy young woman when she died of COVID by any means. But the point is, a million people are going to die of cancer listen. and heart disease, and we're not doing anything about it. Listen. Nothing. Shouldn't China pay for this, man? Absolutely, absolutely. No, listen, um, uh, I hate to be I told you so guy, but I had a, an argument with a very close friend of mine a while ago, his name I won't say on the air, uh, and I said, this absolutely is not some virus from a pangolin from the wet market. That's garbage. Those markets have been on this planet for tens of thousands of years. Everywhere man has gathered, they've had bazaars and those markets. They're all over it. The England was full of dirty butchers with filthy cleavers cutting through rotted meat, and you didn't have this. This was a modified virus. We already had a SARS virus that was definitely laboratory-created. That It was admitted it was a laboratory-created virus, and now a new one comes along, and there's that political division. Well, Trump said it might be a bad thing that China did on purpose. <gasps> well, now we have to go in the other direction right away. Now, Anthony Fauci, Anthony Fauci is God who can do no wrong. Now we're finding out that's not true. And it turns out it is a modified virus. And what no one's really talking about is China weaponizes viruses. America claims that it doesn't, but we did this too. We have Plum Island. We weaponize viruses. We weaponize stuff. We claim we don't because we signed treaties saying we wouldn't do it anymore. And China's still making biological weapons for this plan of theirs to one day take over the planet. One of the weapons they'll use is a biological weapon. Why would you sit in a laboratory and take something bad and make it way worse and make sure it can infect humans and then say, well, you know, we just wanted to try it out to maybe make a vaccine for it in case it does happen. It's not happening. Bad viruses are not flipping over to humans and killing millions of people. You just created one that does. So you did it on purpose. You made it have an affinity for human cells. You made it want to be in us, and you made it easy to replicate inside of us. You modified it. And now we know, guess what? We now know it was a created virus. China lied. So 
what Biden should have been doing was saying, here's what's going to happen, okay? Um, you're going to fix this right now. We're going to seize every single frickin' American asset you've got. We're going to ban every single thing you send into this country. We're your biggest market. We're going to surround you with warships. We're going to take back those islands. We're going to blow your brand-new aircraft carriers out of the water before you put a plane onto those damn things because you just tried to murder us. And you knew it was happening. And what did China do, everybody, when this happened? Banned travel in their own country among their own people except to go somewhere else. You can leave China with that virus and spread it everywhere you want, but you can't come in and Wuhan shut off. Why That's exactly what happened. Gregory said, exactly. knows this. Gregory said COVID has a patent. And did you see how, I mean, did you see, dog, did you, just, just, I mean, but how, how they pushed this dude on us and from the very beginning to be the all holy saint, the all knowing, everybody needs to listen to Dr. Fauci. I can believe it. I believe it. I don't even have to log. I, I don't even have to look it up. I believe it. A politician with an agenda. That's the that's the Chinese news network. It is the Chinese news network, and it's terrible that again my friends are so divided over a flippant news network. That is a monstrous news network that lies to this country all the time. 
they lied about the entire Russia hoax, which was garbage. They let all those clowns come on there, and we already know who they are, like Schiff. And every single day, he had just seen the shocking and devastating evidence of Trump's guilt. <laughs> yeah. And the whole he thing was a lie. <laughs> Hey, let me tell you this story, T. Let me tell you this story about CNN, right? Yeah. So yeah. We, we we were on this cruise, right? And we met this couple. And this couple was from, um, uh, I I can't call, recall where the company, where, where they were, because it's been a couple years ago. But the, he was involved, right, in, in the Syrian uh, the Syrian thing back in the 90s, right, when they were all trying to, to, to escape. Okay, so he's telling me this story about how him and his family were trying to get out of Syria at this time. So what he's telling me is that he's in he's in his building and he's got CNN on the TV and on CNN is Amanda Armanpour. And she's talking about how there's bombs out. Yeah, Yeah. uh, whatever her name is. I don't know. I don't know these people's names, man. So, yeah. So so she's sitting there and talking about how. The uh, there's bombs outside of this building. Everything's blowing up and and gunfire everywhere. And this guy's sitting there telling me, like, it's my building. I'm sitting there watching CNN and I'm looking and I'm like, this is my building. So he says he goes, he looks outside and there's nothing. He says he looks outside and there's a CNN van with a, a bunch of crew with like all kinds of pictures, like these big sound pictures and stuff. And then he goes back to the TV, and she's talking about how there's bombs going off outside the building. Oh yeah. But yeah. that's that's yeah, what they do. Sniper fire when she was at the airport, and Joe Biden was in the war zone, and yeah, they all lie. And and the problem, people, is, is that we don't do anything about it. We go, oh, so what? We know Joe Biden. Listen, there's a video if you watch of Joe Biden at a union rally, explaining how he was the head of his law school at Brown University. Well, first he didn't attend Brown, and he was the bottom of his class. He was literally the worst student on the planet at the place he did attend. But you can go watch that video of him, and he's bragging for like 20 minutes about what a super genius he is yep. and the greatest lawyer that's ever lived. And the entire the entire rant was an absolute lie. And this was years ago. Yep. Then there's the plagiarizing in, in a presidential campaign years ago and all the corruption around the Biden family. He just did it. He just did it. He just plagiarized in his in his in his in his presidential speech. He just plagiarized somebody else's speech in his presidential speech. The same speech. I have to mind you. This the same speech. The same speech. I have to remind you. Right. The same speech where he got up on the stage. And I always want Americans to hear this. The same speech. He got on the stage and said, we the people is us. The government. You heard that straight out of his mouth. Right. Yeah. We are the people. We are in charge. Us. We're it. That's what it. And he, and he actually believes that's what the founding fathers meant, that the government should run everything. But what people have to ask themselves is, okay, great. Trump's gone. You hated Trump. Why is Joe Biden president? This is a man who can barely finish a sentence. He definitely can't finish one without a teleprompter. This is a joke. His wife knows he has advanced senile dementia. His doctors know it. I'll bet my life he's likely on some combination of anti-Parkinson or anti-Alzheimer's drugs. 
uh, I, I think someday we'll obviously get that information. We've watched him ramble and stutter and stare off into space and make up the most crazy phrases and talk about young kids brushing the hair on his legs. Hey, I put, I put that on the channel. I put that on my channel. I put that clip on my channel about the about the little kids, how he used yeah. to sit in the pool and let yeah. the little kids rub on his legs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, he may have been at one point, uh, I understand he was very good at working across the aisle. It was one thing I understood he could do. Um, uh, I, th I know Senator Levin knew him back when he was a much better man. And Senator Levin is a, a god to me in the political field because he's honest and cares. But I, I think our party is being destroyed. I think our nation is being destroyed. No question. And well, it is. I'm sitting back in awe going, how is this man the president of the United States? It is. And I'll tell you why, and everybody knows why, because he can be controlled. Donald Trump couldn't be controlled. This guy can be controlled. So well, the, 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 well, well, the bottom, I don't want to take no onus off us, and I don't want to take no responsibility off us. The reason why this man isn't, the reason why this man is president is because of us, the people. And the reason why we're in the, the shit that we're in is because us. Yeah. So stop going to the store and knocking out the dude at the store because he's white or black. Stop bothering other citizens, man. Stop going in and burning down businesses that are people are trying to build in their communities. Just stop yeah. doing that. If you're angry, I understand. I get it. I'm not telling you not to, sure. to lash out your anger. But just, just understand that when you do that, what I just described... All you're doing yep. is feeding the agenda that is making you angry to begin with. Here's the only protest we should be having in this country, as far as I'm concerned. And those are protests against the failures of our government. Protesting all Amen, the ridiculous man. things. Um, the, the kids burning down Portland every day and night. That's just become a party. That's all that is, just a party. It's not a protest. It's not a political movement. They're not, they're and it's not allowed to go on to keep agenda. fueling agenda, man. No, you're feeding your your what you're doing again, what you're doing by that is you you are creating the very demon that we're trying to eliminate. You're feeding that agenda because you're doing what they want you to do. They want you to burn them stores down. They want you to go into the store and call somebody the N-word and punch them. That's what they want you to do. Don't storm no, don't go into the no, don't do that. Don't do that. And just so you all know, don't storm the Capitol. Yeah, there have been multiple instances in this country of people storming.
Nobody Good point. Nobody thought it was the end of the world. What the government is doing right now is it's got 400 people pretty much locked up in supermax SHUs for the horrendous crime of walking uninvited into the chambers. Now, you can say what you want, but calling that an insurrection, saying those people are trying to overthrow the government, they didn't go in and kill anybody, they didn't burn the building down, they didn't tear the flags off the walls. It was a group that got way too excited, and they were agitated, and then they got into a conflict with the police, which often happens, right. and it led into this storm. You want to know what an insurrection looks like? You want to know what a real insurrection yeah. looks like? Go look at go look yeah, at the uh, the U.S. embassy in Iran back in when, what was that the eighties? That's an insurrection. That's what an insurrection is. Not fourteen or or. Again, it's it's like it's like I say, T. T is like I say, right? What happened that day is a perfect example of what the government is doing to us every day. And what that is is it keeps us in an emotional state. The government is keeping us in an emotional state to make us do egregious things that they can now come in and say, "Oh, we need to pass a law so that doesn't happen again." But the, the point is, is that they're constantly drilling. They're constantly drilling from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. They're constantly drilling fear into you. They're constantly drilling anxiety into you through the news, through marketing. It comes up on your phone. I can't even I can't even pull up my phone without seeing some kind of news popping up in my face about Syria, being, you know, uh, whatever. Or, you know, the Gaza Strip's now being bombed. It's constant. You know what I mean? And it's 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 by design.
a terrorist incident in the United States that we still don't have the answers to. We still don't really, we still have no idea what really happened in Oklahoma. Timothy Bay never spoke. There's a million conspiracy theories. Politicians have tried to find out. Books have been written, including by politicians. We don't know what really happened. But guess what? 9-11 and bam, Homeland Security and a bunch of acts and spying on Americans and let's massively advance the agenda of the NSA. And now the insurrection at the Capitol. Let's keep calling it an insurrection and go out and terrorize Americans and lock them up in greater security levels than mob leaders and organized assassins are locked up. Those guys are basically locked out in supermax. It's insane the level of punishment they're receiving for daring to trespass on the Capitol, which is what they really did. They didn't go in to kill anybody. And they didn't hurt any politicians. And I'm not saying do those things. But you need to be scared out there. You need to be scared because you're being brainwashed, you're being controlled. And the simple fact is what our government's not doing is it's not fixing our problems, and these are fixable problems. We can cure cancer like we cured that damn virus, COVID, if we really wanted to. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, when there was a rush in billions of dollars to fix, and I know cancer's more complex, I'm not stupid, but the fact is we know the drivers for cancer, we know the genetics of cancer. We can fix heart disease, we know the drivers, we know the factors that lead to heart disease, we can fix these things. When there was a mandate to fix COVID, when it was killing a lot of people indiscriminately, when it was threatening the powerful, many of whom were elderly, and COVID was killing the elderly and in bad shape, the mandate went down, billions of dollars poured, the coffers were open, the rules were thrown aside for a moment, and we had a vaccine that quick. We were told it would take five years, it took five months. Would you, yeah, I know, right? Five months. Hey, would, would you take the vaccine? No, absolutely not. No. Are they are they giving the vaccine to the prisoners in there? Yeah, yeah, we have already received. Uh, uh, you had your choice of the Moderna, the Johnson and Johnson. Um, they just ran vaccines again the other day if anybody wanted them. But uh, I'm one of the early batch who had the antibodies. Um, another, uh, just so people know, another scam. You should be all asking questions about why aren't they doing antibody testing? Right. What they're doing is COVID testing. So exactly. Just today, yeah, this is crazy, people. Just today, I was tested again for the 50th time to see if I have COVID when I have the antibodies. Because last year, the National Guard came into Michigan prisons and they drew our blood and found out that we had a lot of us, like myself, had the antibodies, had a very strong, very high antibody count. So I'm now immune to COVID. And all a vaccine does, so everybody understands before you start screaming and yelling and I, I get kind of crazy Facebook posts or Twitter rages, is all a vaccine does is stimulates the immune system to a specific agent. There's an antigen there, and the body makes antibodies. They can be B cells, helper cells, killer cells, T cells, um, phages, whatever it might be, leukocytes, whatever it might be, the body builds immune factors that will recognize and attack that thing from then on. If that thing re-enters your body, it will attack it and generally be successful in killing it. Uh, hepatitis was recently cured. Uh, when I came to prison, many people were dying of hepatitis. Now we have Harvoni. We have multiple treatments for hepatitis. It's now been cured. It's got a, like a 99.94% success rate to a virus that was lethal over the long term. So just so everyone understands, again, this is how vaccines work. You got vaccines when you were a kid. You, you don't need boosters. You're not getting polio boosters. You're not getting diphtheria boosters. When you were a kid, you were vaccinated for pertussis, whooping cough, scarlet fever, rheumatic fever, mumps, 
chickenpox, measles, smallpox, diphtheria, etc. And of course, polio through the salt and Sabin vaccines. Those things are still in you now. You don't have polio. You don't have diphtheria. You don't have measles, okay, because you got the vaccines and or you were exposed. Let's say I had mumps, for example, as a child. Okay, so now you don't have those things. You're not going to get those things and nobody's dying of polio in the United States. But when COVID came along, it was like, oh, well, you're going to need booster shots and we better give it to healthy young men. Let's not test anybody for antibodies anymore. And we stopped testing for antibodies and now we just do COVID tests. And by doing that, probably anywhere, there's estimates are as high as 100 million Americans have natural immunity because they were exposed to the virus like me and developed an immune response. A year later, I still have those antibodies. I think I do too. And guess what? You probably do. I think I do too. The MDOC is still testing me for COVID because there's so much money in this. When that's all you hear, I mean, that's that's all you hear in the, in the marketing and the advertising now is is vaccine, vaccine. I'm vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Nobody says anything about the antibodies, you know. So, yeah, and so but, but see what it's doing to a third of the a third of the nation, just a, just a third of the nation alone is going to be discriminated against because they don't have the vaccine. They don't need the freaking vaccine. Right. Now, also, just so everyone knows, and again, you can Google this, and this is science. I know there's a huge fight about who believes in science. Scientifically, natural immunity is almost always stronger than vaccine immunity. So my immune count is much, much higher, and it's done in parts per million, than a person who receives the vaccine. Let's say the Moderna vaccine or the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. My immune count is way higher. In fact, I have a hyperactive immune system. I have immune disease. So my system is running like a, like a race car. And... So I instantly developed a massive immune response. But now what we're seeing is we're seeing people getting sick from the vaccine. First, we saw the blood clot issue, and I know that was a very small number. But now we're seeing hundreds of otherwise healthy young men between the ages of 16 and 24 developing inflammatory heart disease. So here's the science on that. When you're young and your immune system is developing, it's, it's like a machine, and it's like, it's like a 100-killer robot in Terminator. Mm. And it's looking for stuff that shouldn't be inside of you. And when it gets exposed to it, we all know now we should let kids play in the dirt because it boosts their immune system. It's kind of how this works. The body finds these things that shouldn't be there and says, hey, you don't belong here, and it attacks it. So I get allergies. Hay fever, for example. body says, hey, that, that stuff doesn't belong here. We don't like it. It's upsetting us. And it sets off an inflammatory response to compounds like cytokines and leukotrienes and prostaglandins and so on. All, they all cause an inflammatory response. The vaccine comes into these young, healthy kids, and there's this virus or the shell of a virus. And the body says, hey, that doesn't belong here. And the immune response takes over. And unfortunately, in some of these young men, they have a very powerful immune response, which causes massive inflammation. And what it's doing is it's attacking the hearts of these young men. So if you all want to Google it, as of last week, it was about 276 identified cases. Now they're med tracking it. It's probably thousands of cases in the US and tens of thousands of cases around the world, if not more. You cannot give something like this vaccine to healthy young men without risking an immune response. Now, for some reason, it's happening more in men than it is in women. Young women don't seem to be having the same problems. So the few women had the blood clot issue. Uh, the men have the vaccine issue related to the inflammatory response that's causing this uh, inflammatory cardiac disease. So there's varieties. Now, do they... Endocarditis. Are they are they warning the prisoners of these, these side effects and... and, and, and so that's about this. They're not telling the public about this. In fact, I don't think this has even been on CNN. 
I had to get that from Fox, which, by the way, the MDOC just shut off the other day. Huh? So why, why did they shut it? Wait. Why did they shut off Fox? Yeah. Well, we have a lot of MDOC staff that hate that, hate that channel, and I'm guessing, uh, whatever you think of Fox, people, it, it doesn't matter what you think of Fox. They cover things CNN doesn't cover. So if you don't like uh, Sean Hannity, that's fine. I can't stand Sean Hannity either. But as far as subjects, you will see subjects in Fox you will not see on CNN. And one of them is all these epidemiologists that came out and said Fauci was full of shit. They were all on Fox. Those guys were getting any air on CNN. And guess what? They were all right. All those guys were. Dr. Scott Atlas, who got torn a new ass by CNN, was absolutely right about everything. No, but who, made, was, the, who made the decision to eliminate Fox from... from... We don't know yet. It, it just, it just <clears> got knocked off a week ago, and they, they won't give us a clear answer, so we're not sure what's going on. Because so... Well, what news do you have available to you? CNN. CNN and MSNBC. So yay for that. Two, so two extremely radical left uh, viewpoints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like middle of the road. I like the BBC. We don't get the BBC anymore either. Well, this is what I'm saying. Where, so where do you get yeah. your your cross-reference from, you know? Well, as of, as of, uh, as of right now, I'm cut off, basically. <laughs> Unless somebody sends it to me on JPEG or I have somebody do a web search for me. Um, we're pretty much cut off. Now, I, I wonder if that's national. Like, I wonder if they did that nationally. I don't think, no, I don't think the channel's off here. I think it's just us. No, not, I don't mean, no, I mean nationally as far as in the prisons, taking Fox out of all the prisons. Oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. They're like, so we're not getting a clear answer. We have News Nation, which is, you know, uh, it's got, it's got Ashley Banfield, so it's got some bias. It's not, it's not as bad. And we have the local Fox 2 in Michigan, which is pretty good. But I think the more important issue, though, for everybody is, why aren't you hearing about this? And why, and meanwhile, is Fauci demanding that every young person be vaccinated? Young people do not need to be vaccinated for COVID because they're not dying from COVID. And again, if that infuriates anybody, don't yell at me. Go look at the numbers. This year alone, more children have died from the regular flu just halfway through the year than have died in total from... Now, this is important you understand this. COVID with comorbidities. Only one child has been identified who they couldn't find a comorbidity in who died and they attributed it to COVID. And we don't really know that it was a COVID-related death. But in all the other cases, for example, there was a young black girl here in Michigan. She had spinal meningitis. Mm. It's not a COVID death. She had a fatal, often fatal in young children disease that has got an enormous mortality rate. Yeah, that's horrible, man. That's horrible. Three years of age. Exactly. It's horrible. But to call that a COVID death is shameful because it wasn't a COVID death. Yeah. She was and it's altering truth. It yeah, it's altering yeah. truth. So, so uh, Paula says, let me see, because I got this thing covered up. So she says, tell Dr. Kensu that he is so sexy when he uses those 50 cent medical terms. So, okay, I want to get a little into, because I know we're getting, we, we, I mean, we've been riding, man, I love it. But I want to get into um, solitary confinement, because there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of talk. Uh, New York eliminated solitary confinement, I think, after up to 18 months. I, I, need, a, I need to take a two-minute break. Is that okay? There, the page will be about something. I'll be right back. Sure, go ahead. Would that, would that be all right? Yeah, of course, man. Go ahead. Okay. Go do your thing. Go find out what these people want. Some of they paging you.
we hear some. Now, this is the longest that this man ever gets to talk on the phone. This isn't a normal phone call. This has been set up through the institution. Um, we've been approved for it. So this is how I'm speaking to this man. Other than that, it's usually a 15-minute call, and that's why he talks so fast because it's just you just get used to it, you know. I'm interested to see what they're going to come back and, and say. course right when I get into the solitary confinement now is what what I do want to say America there is no reason why this man right here should know more about what's going on in America than you but that's why I say us prisoners us convicts we are the truth America's looking for the truth right now people of the world looking for the truth we're the truth because we've lived in it We've experienced what is really true, and we're coming to tell you guys that y'all have been duped, you've been hoodwinked, you've been bamboozled. That's not the first time you've heard that, I promise you. It won't be the last. Yeah, solitary's big right now. I want to get into that. I don't I don't think anytime if they're going to pull him out of an interview, I don't think it's good. So something happened. Cuz I'm sure somebody's listening to it. Eh. Man, Coca-Cola, man. I said I was going to stop drinking you. Oh, let's find out. Hello again. Yo. Apologize for the delay. I had to let them know I was going to be staying. Okay. It's count time. Oh, no. Yeah, we're, I'm fine now. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was going to be anything good. That's why I was telling the people. I said, yeah. when they pull, if they pull you at an interview, man, it's probably not good. But So, solitary confinement, man. Um, big issue in Michigan right now. But yeah, right. Well, it's a big, big issue everywhere. And, and uh, Paula, yeah. you know... um was talking about the the rally that went on there in Lansing. So, what has been your what has been your experience and how have you seen solitary confinement affect inmates? Population goes, but there were other inmates you could talk to there. 
them. Like I said, you had the same food and everything. You didn't. I couldn't go to the gym and work out or whatever. But Michigan in the 90s began to adopt the Supermax isolation model. This is where they place you in a building um, where you have a very heavy steel door. It's relatively soundproof. You have a slit window. It's almost impossible to communicate with anybody else unless you're screaming at the top of your lungs, which you can't do for long. And, of course, you have almost no property, no possessions, no privileges. If you have any visits at all, they're in shackles behind glass, you know, once a month for 20 minutes or something insane like that. And the idea was to break you. Um, now, I saw what that did. And this prison, for example, right now is running an illegal segregation unit in my housing unit. It's completely, completely illegal the way it's being done. It violates the MDOC's own policies. So what prisons do is they give themselves a variance. And a variance means we give ourselves permission to break our own rules. So we've now allowed ourselves to do this. And they'll write a memorandum saying, from now on, you can beat prisoners with a Philly club or whatever. Um, so when they do this, this isolation... Are, are they, are they in there beating in, inmates still with billy clubs? No, they, they tase you now. No, they tase you. Okay. They tase you. And then if no one's looking and you're at the right prison like Adrian, yeah, four officers beat the crap out of you. Adrian is notorious for brutalizing prisoners, just so everybody knows. Mm. And again, I'll happily stand in the stand and testify this because I watched them beat at least 10 prisoners while I was there before I came here. So uh, here they'll tase the crap out of you. And they'll, and they'll gas you, of course. So uh, these guys are down in what they call segregation, and they have nothing. They have nothing. They have, like, dirty state clothing. Our laundry is filthy. They get a little styrofoam tray with almost no food on it and no nutritional value in the food. I mean, white rice, baked potato, Kool-Aid, and a little piece of, like, a processed chicken patty kind of thing. And uh, there's your meal. Enjoy. And um, they have uh, no television. They have no radio. They have nothing. So they are going stir-crazy. And when you are in a cell with absolutely nothing to distract you, um, you start kicking on the door, and you start flooding the cell, and you start trying to hurt yourself. So uh, I want everybody to know, and Paula can confirm, because I called her when this happened. We had a young man. They put in segregation in my unit uh, a couple of months ago. And, um, in fact, it was two months ago. I had the, I had the JPA I sent to Senator Chang when it happened. But um, he went down to his cell, and within a half hour, he was dead. He hung himself. No. Yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely true. Innocent young kid, too. I think he was around 23 years old. So about the age that I was when I came to prison. And they brought him into our unit, and they took him downstairs to what's called A-Wing, in the unit that I'm in. So I saw him going down there in handcuffs. And a half hour later, he was dead. He hung himself in the cell. He had nothing to hang himself with except what's called bedding. And he took his bed sheet and tied it to the end of the bed and let himself drop and slowly strangled himself to death. Mm -hmm. And then an officer who was making rounds didn't check the cell and uh, might have saved his life. And um, so it took uh, rounds were made every hour. And since he wasn't on suicide watch, they weren't doing anything special for him. So he's able to hang himself. So it took the next half hour before they found him dead in the cell. So by then he was already, you know, getting cold. So, uh, with no word to anybody, this kid killed himself. Um, we've had a lot of suicides. What was his name? We have a lot of people that, um, I don't have the, ch I don't have the man's name, but I will get it for you if you'd like. Yeah, just, just for personal, so, but I've seen yeah. that once yeah. myself back in the shoe, you know? Yeah, many times here. And they also mutilate themselves, that's a big thing in Michigan right now. So we have guys that are, I mean, literally ripping their arms open where the, the tendons and the veins are exposed, um, we have people that are, one of the big things right now, 
now for some reason is shoving things in their own genitalia. I'm talking television cable cords, uh, ink pens, things that you would think you would never uh, try to hurt yourself with. They're actually shoving them down into their bladders. Um, they're ripping their own abdomens open. They're uh, ripping chunks of their flesh out of their arms and their face. They're pulling their hair out in chunks. Uh, they're drinking bleach. They're trying to take overdoses of prescription medications. They'll they'll hoard their prescription medications and try to take those. In the meantime, they're smashing their heads on the walls. They're flooding their cells. They're setting off the sprinkler systems. They're starting fires. I mean, uh, this is what happens to you. And a lot of these guys are pretty normal guys when they go in these cells. I don't want people thinking that you're all so tough this couldn't happen to you. I've watched guys go into those cells that were pretty tough. I mean, some badasses. And in a while, they're bugging out. Because being tough and being willing to fight or being unafraid is not the same as being alone with yourself and nothing. Well, I, I mean, my, myself, I, I had to go through that. I mean, you know, the longest stretch that I did in solitary was six months. You know, and, and after... And, and after about two weeks, it affects you. You know, you're you're Absolutely. you're you're after the after the second week. You know, you have to tell yourself, man, just go lay your ass down because you're on the door. Right. You're yelling for somebody. Right. You're just trying to right. have some sort of human interaction. You you sit exactly. here and you wait all day for the mail because you don't know what time. You don't know what time it is. You know, you try to guess what time it is by maybe a shadow of the sun that's coming through your window, yeah. you know, or whatever it is. The, this is this is how 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 I don't even know the word like how how shriveled how shriveled they make us, you know. No question. So it's all we got is time. Four, yeah, you don't know how long it is till you're going to eat again. You don't know when the lights are going out. You don't know what time your med lines are, whatever it might be, because you don't know what time it is. Then the officers get sick and tired of everybody asking what time it is. Instead of putting a damn clock in the unit that everybody can see for 20, you know, 20 bucks, they would rather just torture you by you not even knowing what time it is. Uh, you also probably know most shoes don't allow any fresh air or ventilation. They use sealed windows. Now, just so everyone knows, prisons can have security windows that open and are still safe. We have heavy steel security screens, then bars, then security windows. But we can still open our window and at least get some fresh air. But in the 90s, uh, mid to late 90s, Michigan started building prisons that didn't even have that. You have the, the window slit. And a lot of places cruelly build it so you can't even see out of the window slit. They'll put it so high, for example, you can't see out of it. I used to break my window. Why would they do that? I used to break my window. I broke I broke the, I, I used to break my window. I broke I broke the window in Atlanta Penn right now. I broke the window there in, in the in the in the transit, right? And I, how I did that is is because they had these little tables in there with these metal metal uh joints, right? The metal legs, and I would work it. Just keep working and working and working and working cuz you're in there without you're you're in there with nothing to do. You know you're in there with nothing.
is the longest that um this is the longest that um that I've streamed like that, so I have no idea, but we lost all the viewers and everything. Hopefully they come back. Well, though, yeah, I, I read everything. Nobody's really been, they've been making like comments agreeing with you and this and that, but I lost all that too because this is a whole new stream. Any hatred? No, no, no. No, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Nobody said anything. It's pretty controversial stuff. I don't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> well, you know, but, but that's what the truth does, you know. And, I know. Yes, I saw that. I saw the 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 BLM. There's so much shit going on. The BLM leader that that's out there talking about the fund, the police. Yet she has private security. You know what I mean? It's, Well, then you had, you just had a, you had a doll, you had a psychiatrist, right? That just came out and made a statement that, yeah, you saw that statement about coming out and, and, and she would be doing the world a favor. She had a dream, like a dream about just shooting up the white, white, walking up and just shooting white people. Come on, man. Of course you took it out of context. Now what if I said now what if I said that about the other people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No question with a hate crime. Oh, God. 
Yeah. She didn't do any of that until she got into poli sci in school, and now she's pretending this is this warrior she's always been, and it's not. She's total fake. And then you, you saw about where her mom's living? No. And that's and and that's and that's where we're at. That's where we're at today. Is we blame everybody else. It's everybody else's fault. You know, everything else is. It, I don't have anything to do with it. I'm perfect. I want to live my 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 you know my unisex life and not and not have to say that I'm a boy. Not have to say that I'm a girl. And I don't want anybody to tell me anything other than the fact that I'm great. That's it. Listen, have you heard, listen, have you heard yeah. uh, about the Blues Clues? Why do I know what that is? I've heard that. Okay, so, so Blues Clues is a children's cartoon, right, um, for ages oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. ages three to five, right? Yeah, now, or right, okay, and it's, it's huge, yeah. it's huge. Now, I'm going to play, yeah. right, I'm going to play this let me let me um let me pull it up for for the people man and put it on and let me see if i can do this pretty easy if i can't i'll just send a link because i'm not going to worry about it too much but i want you to hear it and i want to get your comment on it so i'm not going to um it's too much work for me to go in here and try to do and i don't want to lose anything so i'm just going to play it people probably heard it by now And hold on, let me see if I can get it to. Can you hear it? 
Listen. Okay, that's enough of that, but you get the idea. So. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, uh, uh, some studies have recently come out talking about the trans issue, and uh, I don't think people understand what's really happening here. Matt, genetically, there, there is a condition. It's incredibly rare. You can research it. Where every once in a while you will have uh, a, the hermaphroditic state, for example, where a person has uh, the genitals of a male and female. Even then they will have an identity that's very clearly identifiable by the time they're very young. They will, on their own, without being coached by anybody, identify as male or female. What's happening right now is you have kids, it's almost like a fad, being drawn into this thing and being told, maybe you're not who you think you are, maybe you're this, maybe you're that, not realizing the hell that lies ahead of them when they walk into this world. And I uh, just watched an interview with a gentleman a while ago Again, he was on Fox, who was told that he was young, that he may very well be a girl, so he decides to transition to a girl. And his life has been a, a 20 to 30 year hell of surgeries and medications and confusion and people telling him this, telling him he's that. And the fact that he was just a very susceptible kid. Now he's finally realized he's a man, but guess what? His penis is gone and his testicles are gone and he has scars from the breast implants. He has massive damage to his body from flooding it with enormous amounts of the raw hormones. You know, again, it's infuriating for people who believe in this subject so fiercely as it's become a religion to look at the science. But it's become so easy now for a child to say to a counselor, I'm having a problem. Oying, oh, well, you're probably another gender. Yep. You're probably another. So let's get, you set, let's get you set up right now and start pouring drugs into your body. And to me, it is an abomination of, of science to put those kinds of drugs into a child because you are going to cause horrendous harm to the child. Now, again, what an adult does with their body and a clear, cogent mind is a very different thing. We don't let you drive till you're a certain age. We don't let you drink till you're a certain age. We don't let you buy a gun or vote or enter the military till you're a certain age. But you can decide at four that you're a girl when you're a boy. Right. But you know that you want a sex body. change. Come right. on, we will cut off body parts, we will sew on body parts, and we will pour drugs into you that will massively destroy who you are. Now, what we don't know right now is the long-term effects of these insane drug protocols, because this is very new. 
in my day, there were sex changes available. I, I believe Sweden was famous for doing them, like the first place. Sweden or Switzerland was the first place to do them. It was yeah. very controversial. And they basically just took a man, they gave him hormones, and they, they created a, a fake vagina. But it's gone to the other end now, where we're, we're cascading the bodies of young children with enormous amounts of the wrong hormones. Now, we have hormone receptors in our body. I'm sorry, people. This is a genetic fact. It's not up to your decision. It's not your personal choice. You don't get to select your chromosomes, your DNA, your genes. You have receptors in the body that receive specific types of hormones. So men have a large number, of course, of uh, hormone receptors for testosterone. And in men, uh, feminizing hormones interfere with testosterone and cause horrendous side effects. When men get older, testosterone is converted to feminizing hormones like estradiol, and we have horrible prostate problems. So guess what happens to transgendered men who turn themselves into women? They flood their bodies with these hormones, and you ruin the prostate, and you ensure horrible prostate problems and likely serious prostate cancer. We're going to see a massive rise of that. Now you have to take prostate medications just to urinate because they don't remove the prostate. How does the prison, the how does the prison deal with that? And we have 
very few numbers of those that are sincere about it that are actually fighting for the transition. It's mostly just to get the stuff that they want. It's mm. kind of like we have people pretending to be certain religions because they want the benefits of the religion. The same thing's happening with that. We have some guys that are absolutely sincere Muslims, you know, and, and sincere Jewish prisoners and sincere Buddhist prisoners and so on. And we, we have some that use it as hustle because they want incense or special meals or the clothing or whatever right. it might be. So the same thing happens, but in, in both cases, there's a mild recognition of the right, whether it's the religious right or the um, the transgender right. But I, I've, only, I've only seen myself in all my years, two individuals that I think, you know, were sincerely convinced this is who they were. And of course, they're adults making this decision too, not children. But to me, what's happening with children is an absolute abomination. Again, I don't believe in telling anybody what to do. But when you're doing something like this to a child, you know, a, a child who's not allowed to make any decisions for themselves. Christ, the parents control what kind of music they can listen to. And yet, the kid can go, yeah, I want to be a girl. And if the parent were to say no, you actually have a court hearing, you could lose your child. I mean, this is insanity. Well, that's you what's know? insane about the Blues Clues, you know, episode is, right. is you, right. it's, it's, you're, 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 you're manipulating children's minds by making this look like it's fun. It's fun. Everybody's doing it. Everybody loves one another, you know, and, and there's no explanation behind why people think that way. And of course a child can never understand that, you know, but it's so. Hey, listen, we have to be honest here about something, Thomas and, and, and listeners too. I hope you'll agree and not be offended. This, this is a, this is fake science. Just a couple of years ago, this wasn't even a thing. See, this is what we do in this country. Everything is, becomes a thing. There's a new thing. There were, there a were label. Genders ten years ago. Yeah, Everything becomes a label. Ten years ago. Yeah, nobody was binary ten years ago. Nobody even used the... I, people, go Google the word binary in its, in its relation to sexual identification. This is garbage. This is new garbage being made up. And every day it's a new gender, and it never stops. So you have people that have absolute medical issues. That's one thing. Then you have a bunch of messed up kids that are just creating crazy identifications for themselves and then saying to you, you must not only honor this, but do everything I say you have to do because of it. Workplaces are making employees identify themselves by pronouns. This is the height of ludicrousy. When you have to keep your job, you have to identify yourself as, oh, my pronouns are uh, he and him and his. Really? How about the fact that I'm a giant, muscle-bound, tattooed Viking, and you can probably tell that I'm not identifying as a woman. You know, uh, I'm a grizzled, old, biker-looking guy. But to keep my job, I have to sign all my letters. If I'm in this free world of this business, I have to sign all my letters, you know, he, uh, he, him, and his. Now you know who I am. I mean, you know, once again, this is crazy. This is, this is, I mean, I remember growing up thinking, hey, how, how are, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. How are the, how, how is the general population of prison? Like, how are prisoners looking at us as citizens and what are they thinking inside? What are they saying about us? There was a question. There's a lot of inmates that have been locked up. They think the world's going insane. Well, they really there's, they see this. Yeah. The, well, the, the, the let me. So there was a question. There was a question on social media that that um, somebody wanted me to ask you that just popped in my head. But they wanted to know what the black inmates, um, if if you can tell, you know, as much as you know. But um, well, I, I work with the, the, the black community probably more than anything, just because I said because the work that I do. The legal work, right? So, so what is the general consensus behind this? The the administrating the the administration making uh. Uh, 
Juneteenth a federal holiday now? You know, I, I, I did a little research on Juneteenth. I have to be honest, I didn't know a lot about it. Um, I understood what it represented. I don't, I don't have a problem with Juneteenth, for example. I don't see a bunch of guys near even acknowledging Juneteenth because it's kind of like, you know, for them, it's like, really? That's what you're doing? Like a day, you know, no more slavery, yay. Um, I don't think for them it's that big of a deal. Um, I did see a great debate, though. I just I did watch a really great debate that every time we create one of these federal holidays, it cost the nation like $660 million for that day in lost labor and expenses and so on. I thought that was pretty unique because there was a debate on C-SPAN in the House about the Juneteenth bill, and a couple of politicians said, I have a problem. I'm going to sign this bill. I'm going to, I absolutely support this. But every time we create one of these holidays, and you guys just create more and more holidays, you know, Lily Ledbetter Day or whatever it is, every time you do this, it's costing the country an average of $660 million a day. That's a lot of money for the poor and programs and jobs. And it's because when we make these holidays, we exempt people from work. And so it seems like what we should be doing is creating the holidays but cutting this work nonsense out. Because it's really costly. Does he, that, that $660 million, just so you know, is not what it costs businesses. It's what it costs the United States government in losses alone. Mm. So nobody really cares so much about that holiday as much as they care about this. And we talk about this all the time. The complete lack of the criminal justice reforms we've been fighting for and, I guess, rioting for for the last two years. That's infuriating to everyone. We are not passing. When Biden came in, Everyone knows the first thing he did was the whole transgender student-athlete thing. Mm-hmm. The brand-new president of the United States, the man who was going to undo everything that Trump did and save the nation, unite us all together, did one of the most divisive things he could have possibly done his very first day in office. And, and people, whatever your faith and your persuasion, and I am friends with everybody, that was wrong because – Already, male athletes have started to identify as females and are breaking records all around the country. They're taking every woman's record in everything, track, tennis, weightlifting, you name it, they're doing it. That is not fair. I watched two um, transgendered uh, men who, you know, identifying as women who are two of the track people stealing everybody's records say, well, what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? Well, I didn't have a transgender category. I'm fine with that. We have Special Olympics because they can't compete with an Olympic athlete. It's, it's not denigrating. It's an amazing, incredible, blessed thing. I have a deaf son. I support Special Olympics. I donate Special Olympics. Give the transgender athletes a chance to compete in a fair category. But destroying women's sports when women fought so hard to secure their rights when we established federal titles to make sure they got proper funding for sports, when we started fighting so that women got better pay because they weren't being treated the same as pro-male athletes, we've now thrown all that in the garbage. That's what we're doing to this country. We're doing that.
underground, giving them special loans. There are a lot of African Americans have amazing talent that can't get a break. And I, and I mean, I see it in here too. I see amazing talent in this place. Man, I had the you mute know, on the whole time, guys. T. Yeah. I had the mute on, man. When the when the when the cast uh, restarted, when I restarted, I had the mute on. I, I'm glad I looked at my phone. I seen, I seen Paula. She's like, "Hey, hello, you're muted." Yeah. All this time we've been muted. Not not the whole conversation, but from when from when the um when the stream stopped. Remember when I told you the stream stopped and I restarted it? Okay. The fucking thing was muted. Was it, man. Off, just, was it off just a minute ago? Uh, maybe about five minutes. About five minutes or so. so um, but I, I do agree with you, though. We, we absolutely need to do something. And I'm, and I'm absolutely fine with that, too. You know, that's, but again, we just got to stop teaching the hate. And teaching kids hate in school, that's just, that's crazy. Teach the kids real history, but don't, don't do it in a hateful way, you know. And, and I think, and I, I talked about this when I spoke to you last time, what you have to do is not teach people to hate each other. Praise the benefits. Say, look, hey, look what African Americans have done. Look what Asian Americans have done. Or the, the culture in general. Look at the beauty of their craft, their art, their music, their food, you know, the, the African cloth making. I mean, amazing, the stuff that they do on the looms. You know, all these things should be, should be given to kids to say, hey, they're just as good as you. They're, they're, they're not inferior in any way. They might be different. They have different things they do in their culture than you. They might eat different food than you. It doesn't make them less. And here's all the wonderful things they brought to our culture, the wonderful things they have in their culture. Um, as much as it seems like I was beating up on China, I mentioned you know, I love Chinese culture. The Chinese people are amazing. Their sense of family is unbelievable. You know, they don't have a lot of retirement homes in China because they take in their elders. They don't put them in homes and leave them to die. No, yeah, so well, the, yeah, China is a very disciplined, yeah. a very, very disciplined yeah. country. Absolutely, yeah. They take in their elders. And the same in Japan, too. They have enormous respect for their elders. And, and you know, we don't have that in America. We, we just toss them in these horrible homes and leave them there to you know, stare at a little TV screen until they die. So that's, you know, so they're ahead of us in many ways. And um, the way they use technology is amazing. But there are things about China that we absolutely don't want America to be a part of. And we have the power in this country to make China change without violence. But we're not doing that because there's too many profit incentives. China wants basketball. If the NBA said, you know what, why don't you stop uh, gang raping and murdering the Uyghurs? China would instantly stop because they want NBA teams because they want the best basketball players in the world over there because basketball is huge in China. And the fact is they wanted to see African-American players over there going up against Chinese players. And so, you know, the NBA had a chance. Apple had a chance. You know, uh, there are a lot of companies in China that China really wants there, like Coke. And they had a chance. And they said, no, we'll just do whatever you want, China. And China said, okay, first rule, ready? Can't comment on our human rights ever including in America. You can't even speak on it. Number two, you have to give us all of your formulas and all of your secrets. You have to build all your stuff over here and pay us and hire only our workers. And then you have to, if you want to bring any experts over, they can come over, but then you got to train our guys to be experts. You can't have your experts working over here, which is one of the rules they have in China. You have to leave and come back to America after you train them to be your experts. And then when you go, if you leave, you have to leave all the equipment and all the technology behind. So... Why are we doing that? Because we're greedy. It's that simple. We're greedy. No yeah. other reason. We're not afraid of China yet. We're just greedy. And well, T, we've, we've, we've covered China. We covered COVID. We covered, we covered yeah. solitary yeah. confinement. We've covered you. We've covered the CIU. <laughs> we've covered transgenders. We've covered, 
what else have we covered, partner? Oh, what do you think? Vaccine. We've covered the vaccine. What do you think about all of the release of the UFO information? But why now? Why now? Why are they releasing all this information now? Not a weather balloon. And at what I think, I think all, I think the release of all of this information now again is distractions. You know, it's 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 something to 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 keep the people focused on something other than what's relevant. You know. Scientists 
that have been involved in this work and that have spoken on these subjects and worked on these military bases that our government has probably been in, for lack of a better term, cahoots hmm. with something out there for a long, long time. What more than likely happened is we were approached at some point and somebody with technology far beyond ours, and here's the, here's the rules of engagement, okay? You're not going to talk about this. We're going to share a few things with you. You're not going to tell the public about us. If you tell the public about us, something really bad is going to happen. And a friend of mine said to me, well, well what, would, what would happen? Well, let's say you're an alien race with super technology. Now the government says, yeah, we've worked with these guys for 70 years. What do you think the world would do? And I don't mean there's no fear anymore. Everybody knows there's something out there. They used to tell us years ago, oh, it would destroy religion. There'd be riots in the streets. No, that's garbage. <laughs> what it turns out is they'd be very mad at the aliens. It would be, you've been coming here for thousands of years, and you, you haven't helped us cure cancer. You haven't given us an alternative energy source. My mother died of a brain tumor. You could have fixed that. You guys live forever, really? You live to be 20,000, 30,000 years old? You, you could help us solve all of our problems. And we would want that, and we would demand that. And we would be furious they didn't do that. Then we'd be demanding to tell the government, you took all this crap from them to make your little weapons and your little toys and your little monitors and your stealth technology and whatever else, and you didn't ask them for a cure for heart disease or, or childhood diseases. Oh, they did. I'm sure, I'm sure they did. And I'm sure if, if anyone of, of yeah. importance, if any one of the 1% was to catch any of that, they yeah. probably have a hospital where aliens come and, and visit. You know, well, who knows? That, that, thank you. That, that's my next point. I have to absolutely believe that certain people in power are being blessed by this technology and this contact. Just to give you an example, Dick Cheney is one of the most jacked up, out of shape people in the world. The guy's had, like, what, five, five heart attacks? No, seriously. He's a freaking physical train wreck. How is he still alive? Jimmy Carter is like 150 years old. And he's had a, just had a massive brain tumor at like 98. But why those two people? Why are the aliens going to keep those two people alive? Hold on, Dick Cheney built yeah. a compound that Google can't even see. Yeah, it's blocked on Google. You can look it up. Type in the Dick Cheney compound and try to try to find it on Google. It's blocked. Yeah, but think about this for a second. Hmm. Uh, I made this really great point in an interview about this subject years ago. So why don't presidents go to Area 51? We've been here about Area 51 forever. We've known it was there. They lied and lied and lied about it. We get presidential daily schedules. We know where they're going. We know when they're going to a base. We know everything they do. So why aren't any of them going to one of, we have, the, of course, the Dulce base in New Mexico, too, but why aren't they going to our most secret bases? Why didn't even Donald Trump, he's got Tucker Carlson asking him about aliens. Why didn't Trump take one day and go, you know what? I'm going to solve this whole thing. I'm going to go check out Area 51. Why didn't Obama, two terms, who was asked about aliens all the time? And John Podesta wanted to release all the records. His chief right. of staff wanted the stuff released. Hillary Clinton was fighting to get it released. Why didn't Hillary and Bill just go to Area 51? 
why don't they go to the base in Dulce, New Mexico that we're all hearing about? We know it's there. It's not a secret. Why aren't they going to Wright-Patterson? Why aren't they going to the places where all this stuff is simply at? Just do a tour. Why didn't Clinton just go, you know what? I'm going to go to Area 51. I'm going to check the whole thing out. I'll come back and talk to the American people. No, instead he goes to Rome and he gives that, that retarded speech and goes, well, Virginia, if there's aliens, they didn't tell me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Virginia. If there's aliens there, they didn't tell me about it. Really, Bill? They didn't. What do you mean they didn't tell you? You're the goddamn president of the United States. Oh. All you've got to do is land it. Yeah, dollar in the swear jar. Sorry, Paula. <laughs> Air Force One on that massive Starship runway they've got by the biggest runways in the world in Area 51. Why? That Starship runway there, go land on that thing and say, hey, what's in that building? Hey, I got this guy that was out here talking about working on this base and aliens and spacecraft. He says they're all on S4. I know where S4 is. I saw it on a map. Let's go check it out real quick. You know what they'll do? I'll tell you what they'll do, just so everybody out there knows. They'll say, sorry, Mr. President, you're not allowed to do that. No president goes to Area 51. No president visits Area 51. Trump didn't. Biden didn't. Obama didn't. Carter didn't. Ford. We can go on down the line since that base was opened up. Nobody goes to Area 51. No president goes to the Dulce base. None of them go to any of our secret bases. Why? They go to bases all the time. Why hasn't one president said, you know what? I'm going to go out to Area 51 and I'm going to solve this whole thing. I'm going to fix it. And to this day, it's like, oh, we just developed some jet technology there. There's nothing there to see. Well, then let us see it. Show us the – there's a plane you can't show us. That's fine. But show us – give us a tour of the base. Hey, T. There's no aliens there. Yeah, good. Man, we've been on here for three hours and 15 minutes, partner. Oh, yeah. Listen. Listen, no, it's okay, brother. We we love you, man. And, and they're still riding with us. They come, they go, but it doesn't matter, oh, man. Listen, man. I want to wrap up with talking about you. Okay. I want to know how you're doing. How you? How are you doing, T? Um, I'm very hopeful. Uh, obviously, I've been collecting tons of information for the big battle ahead. Um, I'm hopeful the, the CIU is finally going to uh, get this thing moving. Um, our goal right now is to get the Attorney General to take the action necessary to get me the hearing to get me out. That's all we're really waiting on right now. The investigation's concluded. Uh, they don't need anything else. They've made it clear they don't need any more documents or witnesses or anything. So so we have just, to put pressure on the AG. We have to put pressure yeah, on the... We're in limbo, yeah. yeah. Okay. I respectfully because I think she's a good woman and I think she has a good heart. But, yeah, we don't... There's no momentum going forward as far as we can tell. And that's why I'm just sitting here in limbo doing time. And I never asked for sympathy, but, you know, I've had to have my chemo increase from the immune disease. And um, I'm still fighting our medical insurance company in prison. They're not going to treat anything. And so I can get care when I get out, but I'm not going to get it in here. So that's, you know, that's making things a lot worse. And, again, I'm not asking anybody to feel sorry for me, but it is what I'm dealing with. How you doing on, so, how um, you doing on food? You eating yeah. good and all that stuff? Yeah, my, uh, my baby girl just bought me what we call a secure pack. So uh, she got me fish and she got me some uh, healthy Bigelow flavored teas and uh, she got me some protein powder and vitamins and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking the best care of myself that I can. The prison diet is atrocious. You know, there's no fruits, no vegetables, nothing like that. And that's really, you know, deleterious to your health over the long term. Sure. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I got enough, I got enough calories and uh, I have amazing people like you out there fighting for me, which has been such a blessing. And for everyone listening to, if you just drop it in, listen to me ramble, or if you care about this issue or you don't, I still want you to know I love you and I care about you, and I appreciate your positive thoughts and your support and all the amazing messages that we get 
and all of you that wrote the governor, the AG, the attorney general of Michigan, I want to thank you too, because that means so much to us. We've been so blessed with so many wonderful people. Who else you want to thank? Anybody else? Oh my God. Uh, I want to thank the University of Michigan, um, Professor Dave Moran, uh, former Professor Bridget McCormick, now Chief Justice of the Michigan Supreme Court, um, Attorney Imran Syed, all the students at the clinic there. I want to thank everybody at the CIU, um, Pat and Val and Robin and Lori, and uh, obviously I want to thank the Attorney General and the Solicitor General, uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel and Solicitor General Fadu Wahamun, and um, everybody approving innocence. Uh, Bill Branham and Carla and Ziva and uh, obviously Dave Sanders, who's been uh, just so amazing, I, I could never put it into words. And uh, Senator Carl Levin, I love you. Uh, uh, to his daughter Kate, thank you. To Congressman Andy Levin, uh, his nephew, I, I cannot thank you enough for fighting for me, Andy. Senator Bita, Senator Chang, uh, I mean, so many amazing people. I'm going to fit him. Stephen Spritzer, uh, I don't have time to thank them all, but every one of you, I just want you to know what this means to me. And um, know how grateful I am for you. And uh, my baby bear, you're the most amazing person I've ever met in my entire life. And I would be, uh, I would be nowhere without you. You're my everything, and I can't wait to come home with you and our little pepper cats, and our beautiful home in the woods. And um, for everybody out there fighting in the cause and the struggle, keep fighting. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Educate yourself on every possible topic because information is the greatest weapon you will ever have. And uh, love each other, care for each other, forgive each other. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, man. Yeah, you, man. thank you, man. You know, I, I, Paula is a tough woman, dog, for real. And and amazing, yeah, I, I talk to her on the side every once in a while. And you're talking about an individual yeah. that came in, right? That came into this situation. Yeah. She didn't grow with this situation. She came into this situation. Not. I don't yeah. think. I don't think she really expected. Um. Or, or knew exactly what what this type of lifestyle really entails, you know, and oh, no. and no, it's she's a, it's she's a it's very overwhelming, and when you start yeah. to find out because her and I text on the side, she'll send me an email or yeah. something, and she'll tell me like, oh, she loves you, she's, she's crazy about you. Yeah, she's like, you know, everything just yeah. takes so long, and I'm like, that yeah. I mean that that's that's what it is you know it there there's yeah. nothing that takes weeks nothing takes weeks it's all takes no, it's months years you know yeah. and that's what i told her i'm like i used to just put emotion in and and forget about it you know what i mean right exactly and yeah. and and, and we wait to hear on. wait to hear back on it because it'll drive you crazy yeah. sitting there waiting but t man i man i love you man i love you man like a lot of guys do. I just call one day. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get you out of prison. 
She was serious. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay. Kind of, I was laughing and joking, like, hey, you know, a thousand lawyers or a million dollars couldn't do it. And she's like, yeah, well, I'm going to do it. And next thing you know, she's building my Facebook page, and she's changing her Facebook page, and she's researching and contacting groups. And in this year and a half, she's had me on, uh, you know, 10 podcasts, and we have more lined up. We have two documentaries in the works, two uh, movie crews are working on this case. We have um, dozens of media interviews and newspaper articles, and now she's linked to hundreds of organizations around the world. And we're helping those people now. We're promoting other people's cases. So people in a year and a half, this innocent little girl with no knowledge of this subject has become a, a champion now. And people are turning to her for guidance. People have been fighting for years, are turning to her and asking her questions, asking her for leadership. So that's, that's who you all are, and that's who you can be. It doesn't take a bunch of money, and it doesn't even take a lot of knowledge. It just takes that drive, that willingness to say, you know what, I'm going to go make a difference. And she's she's conducting rallies now, and and they're yeah. turning out great. Our rally, our rally that she organized all by herself was bigger than the rally that was backed by a Michigan senator. Yeah, no, she's a beast. Which she also would do. Yeah, hers was way bigger, like three times bigger. Yeah, she's and a I'm beast. I'm not saying that to brag. No, no, yeah, I'm not no. Saying that to brag. That's just kudos. Just want you all to know that she, that's that's who she is. She went out there and did this. And every one of you can do this. Yeah. You, you can develop so much meaning and so much purpose in your life if you want to. And even if you have a job, a career, kids, duties, disabilities, there's something you can do to make a difference. And now we're linked to all these amazing people, and we can help so many people now. Yeah, you can't and, see uh, it, but, but I have – the picture that I have up on you on the site is the one where she's standing in front of you. you got your arms around her. So that's – that's the that's the picture that I have up, you know, on the on the site as as we've been discussing this whole time. So, um, no, she really is, man, and and I want to give her a shout out on the air, you know, just just for that because she's a, a trooper, and there's so many women out there, you know, that that are doing that for their men because they believe in them, they know that the system is is fucked up, and you know, and and I just I want to applaud them. Fortunately, there aren't as many women in this situation, though they are out there. Men too. But some of these women, yeah. they just they give and give and give and fight and fight and fight. And you girls, you are stormtroopers. You guys are warriors. And Paula, she's a, just a straight-up warrior. And But you know what? People remember something. She wasn't when this started, but she found that thing inside of her. That's a good and point. she called on that strength. Yeah, and it's been hard. And, and there have been, I'm sure she shed a million tears. But you know what? We're winning, and uh, eventually I'm going to be going home. It's, I mean, that that that's most important part of the battle is over. The acknowledgement of my innocence. I'm going to be coming home. Paula had a lot to do with that, and and uh, you know, 34 years of previous effort wasn't able to accomplish as much as she has accomplished just by herself with no experience in this because she just said, "I'm going to I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it, do it." And um, plus, we have the technology now that lets us do this. We can come together as a big global community, and we can share our ideas. We can network together. We can help one another. I love what LinkedIn does. I wish we had that for us, where we could promote each other and help each other and bring people in to help each other. Mm-hmm. I wish we could find a way to build something like that. Mm. And, um, you know, Paul has created a site, New Era, which is doing really well. Yep. And um, we're promoting platforms from a variety of different organizations. And uh, I don't want anybody to misread anything said.
said during this program today, we love and support everybody. Um, we will help anybody that we can help. And um, join us. Please join yeah, us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for anybody that's listening or, or listening in the future or whatever. You know, our discussion has nothing to do with where we're judging anybody or we're saying that anybody's no, no, better no, no. than the next person or anything like yeah. that. All we're doing is just talking about the facts of what's going on and the repercussions right. of, of, of those right. facts. That's all we're yeah. saying. Exactly. Everybody, exactly. you know, everybody has the right to live how they want to live. And I'm the first person for that. However, anybody wants to live. Listen, the spiritual world is much bigger than me. I don't know. You know what I mean? All I know is that when your impressions are starting to push on to me and I'm being told that I have to live that way or I have to think that way or I have to talk that way, you know, and and this is what's happening. And this is why we discuss these things. But I I know I know Temujin now. I mean, this is we've we've had probably 10 hours of conversation, plus all the work that I've done on the side, you know, interacting with Paula. You know, this man is a very caring man. He's he's honest as as honest can be because that's what convicts are. We we speak the truth. And as I as I explained to, to people, T, um, like when you went on your two minute break, you know, we talk fast and we talk super fast and we're very straightforward because our conversations are condensed into fifteen minute phone calls. You know, we don't have time to beat around the bush. We don't have time to paint a pretty story. Listen, these are the facts. This is what it is. This is what needs to get done. Right. And a lot of times it, yeah. and all, a lot of times it comes across as as rude or harsh or 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 blunt or anything like that. But Temujin's not that way. I'm not that way. We're not that way. Convicts aren't that way. Convicts just want people. We we get more frustrated because. Nobody wants to listen and nobody wants to believe us yeah. because we've been labeled as convicts. We've been labeled as criminals, right. you know? Yeah. You know, you know, what we see the most, uh, and I want everybody to understand this is we see people picking up on a phrase and not a message. So for example, when I say, uh, I don't like the fact that Biden shut down that pipeline right away. Some people will go, Oh my God, he supports oil. He's horrible. He hates wind power. No, right. My, my argument for logic for all of us, for the whole nation is this. We, we need alternative sources. Develop the alternative sources, and then you can restrict the other source. People, we need just to use simple common sense. We're too reactionary to everything. Oh, my Ooh. God, you said something about transgenders. No, what I said is we shouldn't be taking three-year-old children and putting them enormously powerful hormones. Man, listen. But I also said in that same message, grown adults can make their own decisions. When I sit here and I say... When I sit here and I say I don't agree with Biden, I'm automatically a Trump supporter and I'm automatically exactly. racist. Yeah, exactly, which is insane. It's insane. You know, he said things like you can grab a woman's vagina and get away with it when you're wealthy and powerful. I don't agree with that or support that. But I like I like the fact that he told China, you're going to pay taxes because we pay taxes to you. That's right. Tariffs. People got mad about that because we were kissing China's rear. Again, that doesn't mean I think Trump's the greatest human being that ever lived. But the important part, people, when you listen to these programs, whether it's me or anybody else, look at the message. And my message is not, I love oil, I hate natural energy. My message is, we're not there yet. You're not going to get rid of cars in 10 years. It's not going to happen. So let's put a bunch of money into solar and wind and fusion, which is really getting kicked to the curb and should be getting looked at a lot more than it is. 
and, and safe nuclear energy and even other sources. What, remember what happened to switchgrass and alternative fuels. But we're not doing that. We're saying get rid of the oil now, forget the devastating effect on the economy, crush ourselves financially, and we're still not going to be building solar panels in the U.S. because guess what? China already makes the best ones way cheaper. And they have the rare earth minerals you need to make them. So quit pretending when Biden's like, we're going to build solar power plants everywhere. No, we're not. We're not going to make solar panels here. It's not going to happen. So let's look at other technologies. Let's look at more efficient engines until we're to that point. Whether it's the transgender issue or the racial issue or anything, don't get mad that I said this, this racial garbage in school is hurting kids because it is hurting kids. Teach kids to love each other. Yeah. Don't teach, teach kids math and science. Other. Just stick to math and science, history, Thank things you. of that nature. Just stick to that. We have the worst students in the world. Kids in clapboard schools in Africa with little chalkboards. That's the truth, yeah, man. That's the truth. The truth. Emotions, man. Emotions, and 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 that's 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 been my message. Is is the the government's put us in an emotional state to react emotionally because it's scientifically yeah. proven that when you're in an emotional state, you're working out of the left side of your brain. Your critical thought process comes out of your right side of the brain. Right. So, T, man, this has been a yeah. This has been a great conversation as always, man. I'm gonna check yeah, back in with you. Um, hopefully the next time I check back in with you, man, we can sit down and have lunch together. Find me. I get my word. Dinner's on me. If you're a beer man, the beer's around me. No, brother. The first, the, the first dinner's on me. I forgot. No beers. First, yeah, first dinner's on me, partner. Oh, come on, dude. After all you've done for me, I can't let you do that. No, there's no question. First dinner's on me. I'm buying you dinner, man. I can buy an innocent man that just did 37 years in prison dinner, partner. Whatever it is, but it's on me. And then, and then I, I'm going in for lobster. You saying it's on you? I'm going in for lobster. Well, we might do surf and turf then. <laughs> you better get it. I'm okay with that. T man, everybody out there, you be good, yep. be strong, love each other, forgive each other, bless each other. We will be victorious. Amen, man. You take care of yourself, T. And if 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 any reason you want to get on, say something, whatever, just get the word to me, and I'll set it up, partner. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Thank you.